Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and that Technicolor rainbow in between to 2023. We made it. We're here. Yay. We Yay. finally got rid of 2022, which personally was a bit of a shit year for me. Um, I don't oh. know about everyone else. Um, I'm Matthew Wynn, of course. We are the Too Late Update podcast. We're the only podcast that talks about things from a random amount of time ago. Um, I'm, sat, I'm sat here with a Chris Hodgkinson, with a Kevin Jones, and also someone, someone's opened a door and left it open because we're here with a Rio. Hello. Yay! Friend of the podcast, Rio, who's joined us for uh, this special uh, recap of 2022, specifically some of our favourite things, some of our favourite TV shows. We're going to be doing a couple of extra episodes about our favourite live gigs and bands of 2022, and probably one uh, a separate episode of our top 10 games of 2022 as well. Um, So look out for those. Um, but also, you started offing people at the last minute, didn't it? It thought it hadn't got enough people in. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, it was like, you know, like when you leave your homework too late, it was like, shit. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got to lock up Andrew Tate. I've got to lock up Donald Trump. I've got to fuck around some other right wing bastards. It's like, all right, okay, you could have been doing this throughout the year 2022, but better late than never. Fair enough. You scraped a D <laughs> as a year. Oh. I thought 2022 was a great year. I mean, it's, you're wrong. I, <laughs> why am I, mean, I wrong? Well, uh, factually I mean, incorrect. I mean, not not news-wise. No. <laughs> no, but what year is good news-wise? I mean, yeah. the trouble is you've well, got like all your nightmares beamed into your pocket 24 hours a day. Of course, the news is going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Is it 2006? Probably good. I mean, 22 <laughs> was better than some of the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> some... <laughs> We, we at no point can we not leave our homes. That that is true. Okay, that's true. Is not to, but you know that's on you, frankly. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I found twenty twenty two a little bit. I was funny enough. I was talking about this last night. I, I found it a little bit anticlimactic because you know it was the whole previous two years was was over, but it didn't feel like there was a definitive end point. It just kind of petered away, and it's like right, return to normal now. I, I felt like we were heading for, um, you know, dystopian global collapse and thermonuclear death um, via, you know, Russia and uh, the US kicking off. But it didn't happen. Yeah. I think the writers went a different direction, and they just decided to have a more of an emotional uh, journey at the end, which um, I'm going to say is... They did. Yeah. They, they did yeah. have the Fe- February, I, February, I was shitting a brick. Yeah, you know, I, I genuinely <laughs> thought it's going to all go horribly wrong here. They did kill off one of the main characters, though, but you know, it's not unexpected. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, does anyone have any uh, funny stories or anything that they want to kick off about twenty twenty two? Anything that happened to them that they really want to talk about? I mean, uh, I, I mean, there's a, there's a. I've, off the top of my head, the fact that Elon Musk bought Twitter and then immediately lost twenty billion pounds or twenty billion dollars is oh. pretty funny. That is pretty funny. That is yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can all agree on that. Yeah, he's playing four yeah. D chess. Yes, badly, and he's still losing. <laughs> I, I'd be. I mean, I'd be interested to see where he goes with it. Whether because I mean, he said he's going to remain the owner and not run it. Um, and I think engagement is. My understanding is that it's higher than ever. How you value a privately owned company, though, depends on who's going to bid on it, and he's not interested in selling. So, pass. I don't know. It certainly seems pretty random. It's not what I would choose to do with how many billion? Yeah, it's forty-four it... billion. Forty-four billion, and I know it wasn't all his own money. A lot of it was. A lot of it was raised through other sources of capital, but it just seems 
it, it, it's an odd decision. I mean, it's not a website I'd want to buy, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it's it's, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy, as far as I can tell. I mean, yeah. He, that, he yeah. bought it because people were being mean to him on it, and then he thought, well, I can buy that. <laughs> and then people were meaner to him because he bought it and ran it really badly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say my pro- probably my story of the year we're starting off on that um, because it kind of fits in with how the year's gone and is also horrifyingly dystopian and pretty hilarious was that you remember this morning um, I had a Wheel of Fortune competition oh, God, where, yeah. you could, where, you could win, where you could win your energy bills um, so yeah that, 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 was, that was pretty funny because I saw the stills of it and I thought dope bollocks you know this has got this has got to be photoshopped it, don't, it, don't do it's an onion or the hard drive or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah no no it was it was genuinely true and that went through several writers and a producer and they went this is all right isn't it? yeah 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 it'll be fine it'll be absolutely the fine. amazing thing about these things though is like is how many people things have to go through to get on air it's like, yeah like you say, no one no one goes hang on phil yeah i i also liked the um the stu- uh, tattoo studio in London offering to remove Kanye West's uh, tattoos for free. Yeah. If you <laughs> if you made the astonishingly poor life choice of having a Kanye West tattoo, I, I, I always I always Frankly, love you it. Deserve to suffer. I've got to be honest. I, I always love it when when I can I can pitch up at the train station of Kanye West is a twat and watch other people get off the state at the station and go. I was here already. I was paying attention. The man was a massive bellend before he became a mad anti-Semite. He was just a massive bellend. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest, he really does need... Well, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. He looks to me like he needs to be Britain in, to be honest with you, because he's oh, clearly yeah. lost the plot a couple of years back. Yes, yes, he does, yeah. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a black man who says Hitler had some great ideas, and you're like, what? <laughs> that's, that's um, yeah, that's not, that's not, not a good look. Probably not something you should say in polite company. When you go on Alex Jones, and Alex Jones is be- desperately there trying to make you say, <laughs> like, well, no, 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 but you don't think Hitler was great, and you don't, and like, when Alex Jones is the sensible <laughs> one in the room, you have failed. Alex Jones, Alex Jones trying to talk you down off the ledge. <laughs> That's right. Far here, buddy. It's like, it's like Paul Gascoigne ta- turning up with KFC for Ralph Mowat. It's not a good look. It's bad. Things no, have gone very no. wrong. <laughs> it's not. And my other story of the year, since we're talking KFC, uh, was, was KFC Germany's uh, Kristallnacht promotion. Oh dear. Um, so it's, you must have heard of this. So this is uh, to commemorate Kristallnacht. Uh, treat yourself to more soft cheese and crispy chicken. This, this is again. This is a thing that genuinely happened. Hodge, Matt, do you know exactly what Kristallnacht is? Um, I had an idea. Yeah, um, Remembrance Day, isn't it? No. 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 Oh, go, go on, Kev. Go on, tell him. No, it was a semi-organised event to go smash a bunch of Jewish shop owners' windows. Basically, a sponsored Nazi riot against Jewish people. I think it's what viewed by it? most to be the start of the Holocaust, isn't it? So it was the... Well, it, yeah, it was the... It was the Christian Act's Night of Broken Glass. So yeah. It, yeah. So you don't That's celebrate fun. it, you remember it. No, you it. do not. I hadn't realised that part of the story. Yeah. Right. Oh, would you not... <laughs> God, that makes it much worse. No, it's re- it's reminiscent of uh, McDonald's promotion, a Halloween campaign of Sunday Bloody Sunday, which was something that came out a few years back. Which is again, oh. not not an event for if you're historically inclined, you should be celebrating. That's when the uh, the parachute regiment shot uh, rather a lot of Irish, uh, rather a lot of Irish people. The, the thing is, right, when you've got 
Hod said it already, but these go through processes and people just obviously just go, yeah, that's fine. And no one, like, I I see it in things like, uh, you know, the WWE where it's all owned by Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon is the sort of person who doesn't give a shit, right? But these are huge organisations with many, many legal, like, people. You would have thought someone, somewhere, would have said, you've done fucking what? (laughs) We got these big sandwiches They're pretty tall, they look like towers I think what I'm going to do Is we're going to sell two of them at once On the same place And we'll, market, we'll start the market on 9-11 That sounds delicious actually I mean, if it was advertised by Don King, I'd definitely... (laughs) God. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, 2022 is a a year that at some points didn't feel real, (laughs) some of the things. I've uh, just thought of a really, really happy story. Go on. England, an English football team won a major tournament. They did. It wasn't the men, because that's never going to happen. No. That's pretending. Nah. But... An English football team won a major tournament. That's, you know, it's great. Yeah, you know that, that happens once in a life, once in a lifetime if you're lucky. And and they're just so much more wholesome as well. And um, you know, because I've got to be honest, you know, as much as you can dislike people you've never actually met, there's not, you know, it just they just seem so unpleasantly. You know, a lot of possible exception of um, oh, what's his name? Rashford. The act, tra- uh, what? Sorry, Rashford. Rashford, possible exception of Rashford. The I, rest of them just. Yeah, I think I think they're a lot. The the English men's team are a lot better now than they were fifteen years ago when they were. Yeah, all fair enough. Yeah. And what the golden de- generation that produced well, golden nothing. Golden generation which had Gerard Rooney, Lampard, John Terry. I mean, these are not. Oh yeah. People. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. There we go. Um, Anyone else have a story? No, 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 no story from me. I'm afraid. Um, just you know, I, I lived it. I was there. <laughs> you were there, man. You I, were there. I, was, I was there. The, the the constant obsession with the royal family, either being dead or not being royal enough. Just well, not, that, not dead enough. That yeah, and it's it's come to a head today again because uh, Prince Harry's put out a book, uh, and it's like okay. Oh. I really don't care about any of this, but I'm going to have to hear about it because you know my dad is a yeah quite a staunch royalist. Like it's, okay, it's very it's it's very it's very strange if because the, the book is a was a uh, like an early release uh, of the Spanish language version and some of the stuff that's been in the press. Uh. It's very odd if what what he's put in there if, it, if he's written it in there and kind of it's not the sort of stuff that you would generally. I mean, I don't think I would personally discuss in an autobiography such as whether you're circumcised or not, how you lost your virginity. It's like, no one wants to hear that. No. What, what, what a refreshingly, uh, I mean, we're all about trying to connect with the common people. What a lovely common people way for him to lose his virginity to an older woman behind a busy pub. In a field. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is traditional. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I mean, frankly, as a, gin, as a ginger man, he's lucky to get laid at all. <laughs> I always go apparently. Oh, I really wish I could reconnect with my brother and my father. I don't want <laughs> a book where I'm quite mean to everyone. 
<laughs> yeah. that'll, that'll fix it. Yeah, that's right. Then, then they'll then they'll want me back. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they prob between them, they probably have got a spare room or two to live in um, when yeah. he inevitably gets dumped in a couple of years' time. Yeah, this is probably not working out as as well as people hope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's. I think that was pretty much it for twenty twenty two, in terms of it as a year. But so the reason that Rio is joining us today is because throughout twenty twenty two, we uh, between ourselves and one other person, we had a little competition. Um, it's a little site. It's called fantasycritic.com, and basically what you can do is you can go up there and set yourself up essentially the same sort of idea as a fantasy football team, except you pick a bunch of video games and you draft them, and you get points based on their review scores throughout the year. And I don't know about you guys, but I found it very fun every now and then to just pop in, check how my team's doing, see what see what's going on, and... Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a nice little addition to um you know to the year when checking on the game releases. I think initially, funny enough, funny story, when we initially talked about doing the podcast, one of the ideas was going to be we're going to talk about the league as uh, uh, that was one of my like I thought maybe that'd be a nice idea. But unfortunately, I would think there would be long periods of no episodes whilst nothing came out and we had nothing to talk about. So uh, we we went through some different ideas and made it broader. Um, but yeah. So, with that, we do actually have uh, winners of the league. So yeah, uh, we so we had an award. And uh, what's the best way of doing this? Should we do it in reverse order? Um, well, it depends who the reverse. If the reverse wants us to do it in reverse order. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very long-winded way of saying Hodge was last. <laughs> I think you were last. robbed, mate. I've got to be honest. Hodge, Hodge was last. In what way was he robbed? Yeah, I think right. So basically, I think if what had happened, right, if he picked better games and we picked worst ones, worst yeah. ones, he would have done a lot better. Yeah, um, I think it's very unfair. So the way the numbers fell. Hodge was last by by so, twenty two points. Hodge didn't. Hodge didn't break hundred points. <laughs> I I was robbed in a couple of places. Okay. Yeah, first of all, right. That's why Tokyo is not good and should have reviewed lower, giving me more points as a counter pick. I mean, yeah, well, uh... I mean, uh, it, I mean, it, it was reviewed fairly. I would say it's not like it's not a good game, and I did lose points on that. But I, I, I was genuinely robbed though by the way Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two was reviewed this year, though, because lots of places reviewed multiplayer and single player separately. Yeah, that's and weird. As a result, the way my points were calculated is skew if I'll go with. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, counter your arguments here, Hodge, by saying that you had Sonic Origins and Sonic Frontiers in your well, list. Lot of eggs in one basket. Here. And the let's wrong let's Teenage fair. Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Yeah. Should you beat me too, good one? But let's be fair, Sonic Origins should have been a slam dunk. Nostalgia's normally reviews pretty well. But Sega's QA is shit. <laughs> QA is shit. It's always Sega's shit. Say the big Yakuza and Persona fans in the room. Yeah, but those are those are Yakuza's great. Yeah, Yakuza's great. They just uh, let's put it this way: if they're banging it on a switch, it's going to be it's not going to have good QA. Um, I, think, I think Atlas. I think controversial Atlas must, opinion. Uh, Atlas must do it themselves. I yeah, think. 
Yeah, Atlas, are, they're published by Sega, it's not developed by them. And my other point here is that Sonic Frontiers was my Hail Mary pass when there wasn't much else coming out this year. That that could have been a glorious, like, kick from the, I don't know, sports, kick from the bottom sports zone into the end goal at the top, had I mean, it gone slightly differently. I mean, what, it was a gamble. in what universe do you think Sonic Frontiers was getting more than sort of 80 Game of the Year, Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> what universe? <laughs> Hodge's Game of the Year. Hodge's Game of the Year. You Gen- did genuinely. It's top five. Uh, I mean, the, the other. I would say the other one you got really unlucky with because I was I was personally disappointed about this is the Callisto Protocol as well. Because yeah, all, all I, signs are pointing towards that being better than it turned out to be. Yeah, because it's it's not a bad game, but it's decidedly average, which is a huge what? shame. Wasn't it just like gratuitously violent though? I mean, it is, like, but that's not the problem with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think but like more so, more so than something like Dead Space, which is it's yeah, probably, very violent as well. It's probably about the same as Dead Space, really. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, um, was, I, I was given this to Christmas. I haven't had uh, a chance to play it yet. But my understanding is there's a few things that are very like 2008. It's very linear. That's the thing. Like very linear. Um, there were there were bits where I was sort of waiting for. Um, how to put it, uh, like, you know, the bit where it opens up and then you run from room to room to find the thing and solve the puzzles. That doesn't happen in the Callisto Protocol. It's, okay. yeah, it's very much a, a beginning to end sort of journey, which is slightly disappointing. Um, Lego Brick Tales didn't do as well as I thought it would do either. No, I mean, I've got no massive clunkers in there. Stuff sort of generally reviewed in the, like, high 70s to 80s. yeah. I mean, NHL 23 was a gamble, but yearly instalments, there aren't a lot of them. You've got to take what you can get, can't you? Yeah. Uh, I would say the one thing where I would definitely agree that you were 100% robbed was the multiverses, because uh, that yeah. one that one we had to put a score in because it wasn't being reviewed even though it was out and reviews weren't being counted for it. And this is a problem with the free-to-play category, I think, because a lot yeah. of games aren't, review- aren't reviewed. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that should have been an easy... Like, I mean, your 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 overall winner uh, was, of course, God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, God of War did. As I said frequently throughout the year, God of War will save me. It did not save me. Yeah, yeah but didn't save you, boy. To save you, it would have had to got. It would have had to get critic scores about one hundred and thirty out of a hundred. <laughs> at, that, at that time, I was still hoping Callisto Protocol was going to do some heavy lifting as well. I, I mean, to be fair, if I'd if I hadn't already picked like had my list i'd have picked the callisto protocol um i mean just huge shame with that one okay so your final score hodge was 86.4 points for the year yeah i mean the winner got um well we'll, we'll come to that we'll come we'll, right, right. yeah um so uh we'll go up uh to uh your your team rio which was called ea but eviler which is a great name <laughs> yeah, we, we, had a fifth, we had a fifth person in this, this group who came fourth yeah. uh, on 106 points. Um, probably a bit unlucky with uh, a free play game in come out and House of the Dead Remake was trash. Yeah, that was a huge shame. Other than that, some good... I mean, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, just looking at this. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, 72.2. Now, usually, I, I sort of think you pick Nintendo games... Yeah. They tend to get a review bump. Nintendo don't. It's very rare, Nintendo, and especially 
mm. Pokemon games, they tend to, you know, I I would I would say Nintendo do get like five extra points because of Nintendo sometimes. Yeah. I think that the thing is, I mean, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was so broken at launch that if you had two Joy-Cons attached to it, you could push forward on both sticks and it would increase the speed. I mean, that's quite unusual for Nintendo, isn't it? Because their yeah. QA is yeah. normally, yeah. Is normally that, shit hot. I think that, that does help with the, the scoring is that, yeah, usually Nintendo make games that are, you know, they, they don't ready broken yeah. games, yeah. Well, um, it's, I mean, it's interesting because, of course, they don't make the games, do they? It's Game Freak. Nintendo published them. And I've, I've said this before, and I stick by it, Game Freak are not a good publisher. They don't know how to make a game. Like, they know how to make, like, a yeah. game. They know how to, like, make one that runs properly in 3D. They've not done one successfully since they made the leap to 3D, really. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I thought Sword and Shield ran pretty well. I mean, it was okay. Uh, it just... Well, it... I, I thought it was fine. Yeah. It was a yeah. much emptier world. That's what I mean. They haven't done a. Um, but I think the, the fourth place person, the big mistake was picking a game as a counterpick just because they didn't like it. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're, uh, if you're listening to this, know that we love you, but know that you need to not do that. <laughs> you need to pick based on review scores, not on your personal vendettas. <laughs> this game was a Plague Tale Requiem. Yeah. Yes. Which. You know, the first one was uh, a, a, crit- a cult critical success, and the second yep. one was too. So, yeah, yeah, it was unlikely that that was going to score massively low. In fact, oh yeah, it was it was point one lower than Stray, and it's way better than Stray anyway. <laughs> so sorry, uh, Rio. Back to your list. Yeah. It's all right, mate. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk us through it? Uh, yeah, well, there's a, I, there are a couple of things that really stood out. I mean, to be honest, with with my list, it was I, I did my picks were mostly fairly solid, like sort of around the sort of seventy to eighty mark. Um, and there are a couple of things that that really stood out for me. Um, one thing that you know, one thing that scored really highly, which I wasn't expecting it to do quite so well, is the Stanley Parable, uh, the Ultra Deluxe Edition, um, which I believe were, I believe was a, I believe was a straight remake. Not sure uh, what edition. It's a yeah. um, it's an extended edition, so it's essentially got almost like a sequel built into it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Because I, I, okay. Yeah. Because I, because I was reading it, and it, I know I knew the original review of it reviewed quite favourably. So. Yeah. This is so the... that's why I picked that one. It did. It did very well. It was ninety point three average yeah. reviews. Because that one kind of leapt out. Um, I mean, we're talking about picking stuff because you like it. I picked um, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Yes. Um, because I, I'm, you know, I'm just as as Matt Wynn will tell you, I'm a sucker for 40k. Um, it reviewed very averagely, but it did get me some points. Um, what sank me though, and the reason I wasn't kind of nipping at Ke- nipping at Kev's heels, nipping at Matt's heels, was um, uh, was Babylon's Fall. Yeah. Um, which I, I got to be honest, it was like I thought. You know, Platinum Games, published bare, by Square Enix, it. made by Platinum yeah. Games. Yeah, yeah. You know, decent pedigree. You got Bayonetta, you got Near Automata, which I love. I played Near Automata. I think yeah. I, can, I don't think it was this year. I think it might have been last. Yeah. Uh, I, as really in, I don't think it was twenty two. I think it was twenty one. Fan, you know, absolutely game. fantastic game. Um, I thought, well, okay, you know, that's nailed on for a reasonable score. No, you know, comes out with like forty ish percent. It's got all weird live service elements. You know nothing to recommend it, and it got 
and I think it's one of those things people move in herds a little bit in terms of critics and once mm. a few went this is a load of shit you know, yeah. everyone everyone jumped on it. I mean, there's a couple of good critical reviews, but nothing that made its way into the point system. It's it's um, it is kind of telling because um, I don't know if you know, but uh, Babylon's Fall. I think they've had to return a load of them to Square Enix. Can't sell it. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew it was the third. I think it's the third work was rated like the third worst game of of, of 2022. I'm surprised they. I'm quite surprised they've returned a load. What like. Presumably hard copies. That hard copies, sell, yeah, yeah. That they're going to bury in a landfill in New Mexico somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, right next to ET. Yeah, yeah, right next to ET. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a, a little bit frustrating, and sort of maybe three quarters of the way through the season, I thought, shall I go for a hail mary and try and win, or shall I just go for like the mid table finish? Um, and the only way I could have done that would have been uh, by counter picking you, uh, Kev, or, or you, Matt, and, and and trying to uh, and keeping my fingers crossed that your picks did badly. Unfortunately, it doesn't let you change your counter picks, or I couldn't figure out how to get it to change my counter picks anyway. Yeah, you. Um, so I think with the thing with counter picks is basically what you're kind of aiming for more is a zero rather than hoping. Which is what I got for both of my counter picks. Yeah. So, so that, like, like I say, it was a choice of either finishing yeah. respectably or trying to win and possibly crashing and burning. And as it turns out, the decision was made for me. So for anyone who's not familiar with how it works, counter picks, if it's terrible. Um, you get you you get points if the game's terrible. There's an alternate universe where Hodge uh, counterpicked Babylon's Fall, and is <laughs> you know much higher up on the table. I still somehow lost. <laughs> well, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I, I think it was a shame because I think there were solid games in your list. I think uh, yeah, Babylon's Fall just did murder you, and I th- you also uh, it was also interesting because we found out that. The system allows you to pick like free DLC updates and things like that that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And our advice for anyone playing this is don't don't pick those. They don't get reviewed. Yeah. They don't yeah. actually get reviews. Um, I think someone yeah. might have picked one on our um, thing this yeah, year. Yeah, I did. I picked Top Gun. I picked Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. Don't. I picked Top Gun Maverick. Didn't get reviewed. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, for Top Gun Maverick was what I was going to talk about because you picked that and. Um, by all accounts, that's a fun little uh, thing, but no one actually gave it a score, a review score. So we, I think we kind of figured out that you had to drop drop that. And uh, yeah, and and again, multiverses for some reason didn't get scores, even though it was out. Um, which I don't get. I don't get why that didn't get scores. Um, the game wants Hodge to suffer. I mean, it does. <laughs> But I will say it again. He picked two Sonic games. You can't do that's tempting fate. You can't pick two Sonic games. Look, I explained why I picked Frontiers. Yeah, it's still yeah, not it good. good. It's because the heart, the heart. You've got to listen to your head, Hodge, and not all, your heart. All the previews were very much like this yeah, is a bit janky. <laughs> like yeah. this is it's fun, know. but a bit janky. And you're like game of the year. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's top top five game of the year. It's a fun game. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not, but you got to think about how things review. Yeah, it's not again. It's is this, not is this according? Think. Is this according to official Hodge magazine? That's it's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you think about the game. No, again, by the time I picked that, there wasn't really anything else coming out this year. Right. Electronic Hodging Monthly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. That sounds. That sounds um, worse. Like something yeah. that gets raised like yeah. a laptop. I was going to say that's the sort of thing that gets you uh, get, get get you put on a list somewhere, isn't it? Indeed, <laughs> hanging around in a car park at night. 
Um, so uh, the next list up is Bethesda. Yes. Which is Kev. I got five. Um, so just uh, Rio got uh, 121 points. So then I got 156.8. Oh, look at look at I dragged that out. 156. Put extra syllables in there. Almost double what you got. Hodge, envy is such an ugly emotion. Yep. Um, <laughs> I so wear I, it so I'm, well. I'm quite proud because I, I, my, when we did the draft, my picks were Starfield and uh, Tears of the Cloud or Kingdom, whatever you call it. It was just Zelda 2 at that point, I that think, yeah. Zelda 2, so I, yeah. I was, those were my first two picks and, like, they were delayed pretty quick in the year. Yep. Well, Starfield was after the show at E3. So I had to sort of rebuild everything. So I'm quite happy that I did that well. My but then, Kev, let's be, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kev, but then let's be honest here. Then you opened the door to the dirty tactics, didn't no, you? No, no, no. Matt had already done that by putting Spider-Man on PC. Oh, can Matt open the door to the dirty yes. tactics? So, no, the two, yeah. the two cheaters came at the top. What a shock. Well, <laughs> yes. So we, we didn't realise that, that you're... That we'd allowed ports on this, which yeah. is a controversial subject. So, my my in trying to catch Matt, I put in Persona Four Five Royal on PC um, because Persona Five is one of my favorite games of all time. I was fairly sure on PC it would run well. Um, Matt had already put in Spider Man. Um, also, I got Last of Us Part Two remastered, which is more of a remake. There was a remake category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Persona got twenty-eight point two points, which still would have would have been enough to defeat you, Hodge. I mean, um, actually, Cav, I think you're fine. You've got Last of Us Part One. <laughs> part Two hasn't been remade yet. Hodge is correct, technically correct, the best kind of correct. What? <laughs> he's not technically correct. He's just absolutely hundred percent correct. Did I you, say you... Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, you did. That's all oh, it was. Right. <laughs> That's all give it, it was. Another, give it another year, and Sony will remake it. He's taking his victories where he can get them at this stage, Kev. So just let him have it. You may have absolutely trounced him in terms of points, but you did say something wrong once. So my, my biggest error was uh, my counterpick was F1 2022. Yeah. EA had bought Codemasters, and that usually means that the next they're going to make a piece of shit. But they actually, I think they picked, they made the best reviewed yearly instalment game. Yes, they did. Yeah. Which meant I lost a load of points for that, and I also lost points. Well, not lost points, but I, if I'd have picked a different game from Trek to Yomi, yeah, would have been. Yeah, that was not that was not well reviewed. It looked really cool, so I picked it, and then. I well, it, it wasn't badly reviewed. It just didn't, you know. Well, I, I only got I... one point eight points, and I don't. What was your? Well, we'll go on to the winner, but the the winner. Um... I say I'm playing Trek to Yomi at the moment, and. I am absolutely loving it. It's brilliant. Yeah. 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 But the, yeah, if I'd have got, if I'd have picked a game that had been a solid eighty and hadn't picked F one, picked a, I didn't realise at this point that picking a game that's likely to be delayed is a good idea for the counter pick. Yeah. Um, I think zero is a sensible target. Yeah, zero is yeah. If you can get a game that's likely to be delayed, you're onto a winner. Absolutely. That's that's pretty much what I did um, last year. So um, yeah, so do you want to, you want to go on to the, your victory speech? You may call me Elden Lord. I won, and it was mainly because I had the foresight to go 
Elden Ring is going to be reviewed massively well because all FromSoft games are massively well reviewed, and uh, it it start, so that was that came out in what like March February February. February. Uh, so that's kicked me off as it got a scored a ninety five point three, which was a thirty points, which is the highest scoring game of the year, and nothing else came close to it. No. I mean, I'm wondering with, with, with that if it's just a bunch of game reviewers who don't want to admit that they're terrible at video games, so they pretend to like FromSoft games. Yeah. Otherwise, so. have to. I mean, they're not that hard, guys. FromSoft games are not that hard. You've just got to I... want to play it. Like, there's nothing harder. Like, like Elden, the beginning of Elden Ring is not harder than Breath of the Wild, but you're all well, in you on are, Breath of the you Wild. Are high. Oh, you, you the the start of Breath the start of. Elder Ring is easy. Is the same level of difficulty Breath of Wild? No yes. Way. Hundred percent. It the is. Of, the start of Elden Ring has actually got a has actually got a proper tutorial as as versus every other FromSoft game, where they just chuck you in and and and, and you get instantly destroyed by some. I mean, you do get Eldritch Horror. Yeah, you, that does happen, but that's tradition at this point. But that's not the start yeah. of the game. That's the pre-game. That's the that's. Just, that... the, the first area is just. Like, compared to that first, like, the plateau and Breath of the Wild, you are... I, I don't understand that. <laughs> it's like saying driving a family saloon is as easy as driving a Formula One car. Well, hang on. Is, uh, doesn't it, with Elden Ring, though, there's that tutorial pit that you can jump into. Yeah. And it's basically it's basically a, a fairly standard human-type enemy just with a bigger health bar. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd really like to play Elden Ring, actually, because I've tried... Um, Dark Souls 1 and 2, got about 10 minutes in and my usual amazing strat of shooting stuff in the head with a bow and hoping it dies, it, it doesn't no. really work, R- to R- be R- perfectly honest with you. So yeah. I've given up, but Elden Ring is apparently you know, less terrible uh, to, to, uh, it, for, for new players. I mean, it's, it's, it is better, but it's, it's still a FromSoft game and no FromSoft game is going to let you get away with ranged weapons for very long. Or <laughs> close quarters. <laughs> or having fun. I mean, or this is it's, it's, or not being a masochist. It's I, I I seriously. When we come to talk about game of the year, I will talk about this at length. But it's like uh, it's 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 genuinely it isn't that hard. It's just harder than what you're used to, and so, it's whether you're willing to it's whether you're willing to go to to sort of actually spend some time and get good at it. That is it, the it, phrase. Right. The get good. This, that's interesting you said, Matt, right? Because I had, a, I had a, I might have said this to you before privately. I had a revelation about a month ago. Yeah. I was sat um, downstairs playing a game. And I was struggling and failing, struggling and failing. And for about two hours on the same level. And I thought, it's funny, isn't it? Because I've sat doing this for two hours. And one of the things that puts me off from soft games has been that I get annoyed with not making any progression. But here I am, two hours later, in exactly the same position I was two hours ago. So to sum that up, Monkey Ball is my Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely fair because because I would like I haven't got the patience for Monkey Ball. <laughs> so I haven't got I haven't got it. I'm not no because I'm not interested in doing it. Um, we we will we will we will come back to talk about Elden Ring. I'm sure. I, I want that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Um, Monkey Ball. Monkey, Monkey Ball, Ball is my Elden Ring. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> With the little, I don't know, 
stupid sword guy from Elden Ring in a monkey ball. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> stupid sword guy. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't know Ian Swordface, whatever. Ian Ian Swordface. Okay. Um, so I'd say my my failures of this list were were thinking Diablo Immortal could be okay. <laughs> that was wrong. Um, and Ghostwire Tokyo. I think those are yeah, those are my lowest scoring games on this. Oh, and Soul Hackers too, as well, which as as an Atlas game I thought might do better. But um, yeah, so uh, apart from uh, the big one, um, I also had uh, Persona Five Royale on Switch. Which I was, I was hoping that was that would be a buggy mess because it was on the Switch, but no, it wasn't because no. Um, the reason Atlas, not Sega, yeah, if you ain't their games. That's right. Yeah, um, I'm the only person I think to pick a couple of fighting games. I got King of Fighters uh, 15 and uh, DNF Duel in there, which I've actually started playing DNF Duel. It's really fun. Um, I've also got Bayonet 3, which did very well in terms of reviews. And uh, then uh, Total War Warhammer Three as well, which was pretty high up there. So I think they've missed a trick not calling it Total Warhammer. Yeah, they should have just like sure, they should sure have just called it Total Warhammer. Like I don't t- rather than Total War Warhammer, Total Total mm. Warhammer. I've got to say, I love the Total War series. One yeah. person would have gone into a shop and go, "I've been told to get Total War Warhammer," and I really like the Total War games, but this is Total Warhammer. You're probably Isn't right. Different? Yeah. Um, and then they start crying on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, even my uh, even the the expansion. Sorry, we had a DLC one this time uh, for expansions and DLC for existing games. Was Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak was pretty high scoring. So I finished up on 174 points, which 88 more than Hodge, over double what Hodge got. I would not have said that, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't. I hold you just mouthing words we can't hear at the moment. So. Did he already disconnect the host? <laughs> Did he Sorry? disconnect the host? <laughs> so um yeah so that was it was it was genuinely really really fun. I think what we what we have learned um is that there are a few things that we've kind of we, we're playing again this year as well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we changed it up a bit, so we're not having uh, ports. There's a there's a no no on ports, and um, what what else was it? Not unless it's not a full remake. I think no DLC. Yeah. yeah, DLC and free to play. We do away with. Yeah. Well, I think you can still select DLC, but I think there's no DLC specific category. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Sonic games are allowed though. They are allowed, Hodge. If you want to pick Sonic games, you could pick Sonic games all you Just- want. And just because you can yeah. doesn't mean you should. That comment's not aimed at anyone in particular. We just, we've all just got the Frontier DLC to look forward to. I mean, yes, that will definitely score a hefty amount of points for anyone who puts it well, on their list. It won't be reviewed as we've learned. <laughs> when, uh, when a Sonic mobile game comes out, go for it. Yep. <laughs> a Sonic free-to-play mobile game, you said. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, can't can't so, be in. But uh, disregarding what we've got on our lists and stuff, what are people actually looking forward to playing in 2023? Oh, I like the look of... Um, have you seen that Switch game, The Storyteller? No. I think that looks cool. I haven't, I haven't picked it because I'm not sure it's going to review well, but it, it'll either be Indie Darling or it kind of won't really make a mark. Right. But, it's a, it's a what is it? Yes, because you have to tell a story by choosing cards. Oh, okay. 
I'll say a little bit like a prompt, like oh, yeah, make the prince. The prince gave the prince gave a gift, and you have to like choose the cards in your deck to create the story. Oh, okay, that sounds pretty cool. It looks looks interesting. Kev, anything you're looking forward to? I think the game I'm most looking forward to is Spider-Man Two. That's Spider-Man Two. I mean, like the first one's absolutely fantastic. One of the best controlling fun games with a great story. That oh yeah, that's the. And I'm sure there'll be lots of other things that come out um, throughout the year. But um, yeah, I think if if you said which one you can forward to the most, it'd be that. Yeah, Rio. Probably one thing I'm most looking forward to as as uh, an Xbox game without the benefit of a PC or a Switch or Steam Deck or anything like that is 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 Forza because you know it'll be nice to have a decent first party title. I'm very much uh, I'm a big fan of Forza Motorsport. Not such a huge fan of Forza Horizon. It's something that um, several uh, several other friends we all know um, play on a regular basis. is very uh, it's very simulation orientated. Maybe not quite as much sim orientated as Gran Turismo. A little bit more arcadey than that, but it's the sweet spot for me of realism versus um, arcadiness. I'm yeah. also quite looking to Starfield when it comes out. Forward to Starfield when it comes out as well. Yep, yep. I think I, 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 I really want Starfield to be good. Is is the way I put it? Ditto, mate. It's yeah. The trouble is, is it going to be? Is it going to be a buggy mess when it comes out? Like yeah, because it's again. It, it's it's almost got it's almost got the opposite problem, right? So uh, we've we've joked obviously about hard putting Sonic games on this list, but it's like Bethesda's QA seems to get a pass even when they put out something that's. It does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. A, I mean. Yeah. So it's I mean it's on my list for this year because it will probably review well regardless, but I, I I kind of actually want it to be a good game as well, which yeah, yeah. Um, which reminder that uh, Bethesda Studios. You know that Bethesda make their last good game was Skyrim, and even people were like, yeah, their last actual well, good ten, game that was fun. Years. If you yeah. remember, no, but and, and the best thing to remember as well is their last actual release was Fallout seventy six. Yes, mm. I think uh, yeah, I've got a feeling. Um, wasn't Skyrim an absolute travesty when it first came out? I mean, it was. I mean, or I... it was, but it it was sort of forgivable for the time because mm. people hadn't been doing these. Like huge first-person open-world RPGs, people haven't been doing that before. Yeah. Now there's, it's got competition basically. Yeah. Um, Fair one. Yeah, because I know, I know, The Witcher Three, which is like now an amazing game, was an absolute dog's breakfast when it first came out as well. Yeah. Which is apparently a surplus. A traditions CD Projekt Red have continued. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny if we were like we maybe when we come to talk about our games of the year, because I would say, funnily enough, one of my favourite games I played in twenty twenty two was Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but it but uh, you had to wait like two years for it to be actually playable. So there you go. Yeah, uh, my my big worry about well the way I look at Starfield is it still looks like the same engine as Fallout three. Yes, that's exactly my concern that's... about it. Yeah. Um, when they showed that gameplay video, and it's like that looks that that could be Fallout gameplay. That yeah, you know. it's like you the same like freakish monsters NPCs that were there in two thousand eight, where it was like that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Update your engine. You've got the money now. You don't have to tie people's walking speed to the frame rate of the game. <laughs> How insane was that? So we'll we'll kind of put video games to one side for a bit. 
and we'll move on. So, um, what what was your what was everyone's favourite movie of the year of twenty twenty two? I'll I'll go around the table and and we'll start with Rio because I think he's All right. yeah go yeah I'll go I'll go first mate. Um, so of the films I saw this year, um, there's a little local uh, there's a little sort of arty cinema by me that yeah. we quite like going to. Um, was a five or a ticket? It's now seven quid a ticket, which is a bit steep. Um, Top Gun Maverick, I'd, I'd probably call out as my as my film of the year, um, it, just because it was an absolute joy from start to finish. I mean, it's basically the story um, is 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 just plausible enough um, <laughs> to hold it together, as long as you're prepared to suspend a little bit of disbelief. And it's like, do you think? Nearly... This guy's nearly sixty. Yeah, do you, I was going to say, do you think it would have been a better film maybe ten or twenty years ago? Whereas, like, it wouldn't be as weird. Whereas, in in it's, it would have been. I think it would have been. It would have been slightly easier, maybe appeal to slightly more people. Yeah, yeah, because Tom Cruise, although you know, for the for for a guy his age, he's incredibly good. Nick, he's yeah, he, you know, he does a lot of his own stunts, um, and he's he's actually, despite being pants on head crazy. He's actually a pretty good actor as well. Yeah, it's um, annoying. Certainly, as certainly as an action star, um, yeah, it would have been easy. It would have been easier to buy. Um, I mean, I personally, because I'm a fan of the original, um, I, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. But you know, I would recognise that a lot of people are going to look at it and go, "What the bloody hell is this nonsense?" <laughs> um, but the one thing that did, really did stick out for me as well um, was the practical effects. Yes. Um, so I've not really, I'm not really on the the DC universe superhero movie train at all, really. Um, and part of, and I've been often thought, you know, why don't I like them? And a lot of it is because it is so CGI heavy, and it all feels very weightless. There feels like it feels like there's no stakes. Um, however, with with Top Gun uh, Maverick, basically more or less everything you see on screen is a practical effects. Um, and you can and you can see the, the 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 actual aircraft have weight when they throw the aircraft into a turn. You know you can see the you can see the actors really struggling against it, and it just it just adds so much more. And it helps me personally buy in a lot more. And I know you know obviously the uh, the um, I said DC universe didn't I? Sorry MCU. Yes, That's what I no. actually meant. Sorry. Um, I know a lot. I know it's very popular with a lot of people, and it's you know you know credit popular globally it's just not something i enjoy because that it doesn't have that sense of peril and sense of uh, weight for me as well i mean i thought the characters were fantastic too um you know rooster uh, as the as 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 the uh, as 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 the as the new young pilot the um i don't know whether you've seen it as well but the original top gun had the two uh, the two characters maverick was the protagonist and iceman was kind of the antagonist really yeah. um and actually, you know, uh, Iceman, who's played by Val Kilmer, is in this film, and they basically clearly made up. Um, Val Kilmer has had very bad throat cancer. You know, he's had a lot of chemo. He's had two tracheotomies. He basically tracheotomies. He basically can't talk now, and he, but he's in the film. But the interaction between oh, the is, two is—is is that in real life? He's had that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I did yeah, not yeah. know Val, that. Val, Val Kilmer is a very, very ill man. Yeah, he's had two tracheotomies. I didn't know um, that. It's so know. it's not. It's not. Ex- I I can't remember whether it's explicitly stated in the film or they just say you know the illness has come back. It's made clear he's mm. ill because he doesn't speak. Um, but there's a very touching character moment between the two where they, I mean they've clearly long since buried the hatchet because Iceman in the film has obviously gone on and become an admiral and he's you know, very high ranking and something that Maverick's not not done because he wants to fly. Um, 
but the character that character moment between the two of them is is fantastic there's a lot of very good supporting characters in it as well um you know there's one character in it called called halo who's a very young you know quite uh committed quite um uh, quite hungry pilot wanting to prove themselves and it's even the little the little character moments with secondary supporting characters are fantastic as well if you can get past that it's ridiculous that a guy that old would be flying a mission into a basically a dormant volcano uh, and then fighting their way out i mean yeah oh, yeah and then it's it's a bit mad i mean they crash the aircraft and then all of a sudden they find a fully working yes um, the, the tomcat yeah um, which is the, uh, which <laughs> is the aircraft from the original yeah the F- of course yeah, it is we everyone's yeah, sorry, got F-4, one of those F-4, knocking F-4, around F-4, F-4, everyone's yeah. got one i've got i've got two do you want one yeah and it's like <laughs> And it's like there's there's actually there are actually a couple of countries worldwide that still use that. I believe Iran still uses it, but they're all okay. very. I, I thought yeah, it, yeah, there's a couple still airworthy. I thought um, it was quite but, funny in the film that they just refer to it as the enemy. You don't know. Yeah, you never you find out. It it's, yeah, it's clearly it's clearly supposed to be. I'd say it's supposed to be Russia, but yeah, so. it doesn't really matter. But it's just the fact that they crash and it's like oh, all of a sudden nostalgia bait. Parked yeah. on, parked it, parked in the aircraft shelter, you know, fully fueled, yeah. ready to go. Fantastic. Let's let's do this. My, I I did quite like, um, you know, John Ham as the stuffy old. Uh, oh yes, of, yes. As the stuffy old, twenty years younger than you, <laughs> commander. Oh, I'm, trying his, I'm trying to remember what his character was called. Oh, I can't yeah, remember I can't remember. Character. Unfortunately, but yeah, but, John, yeah, John Ham was it. What was that? Sorry. No, Don Draper, he said. Don Draper. <laughs> sorry, I've talked. I've talk, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm rambling on about Top Gun here, but yeah, that was my film of the year. Possibly Elvis as well, but so, maybe someone else will want to talk about that. So I will just say, I kind of avoided because I just have, I just don't like Tom Cruise, and I avoided watching Top Gun Maverick um, up until pretty much the Christmas weekend, and then I watched it, and it was kind of like, despite myself, I was going, "Fuck, this is good." Yes. Fuck it. Why is this good? (laughs) But I did. But I would agree that it's like there's there's plenty of moments where you're going, but you're sixty and but you look (laughs) but you look thirty two. It's a bit. It's a bit like okay. Yeah, it's a bit. You've got emotions, just like a real boy, man. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Never tell anyone. I will find you. Um, We'll we'll skip on. Um, Kev, your favorite movie of twenty twenty two. Yeah, I'll start by saying I don't think 2022 is a banner year for films. I, think it's probably I totally probably... agree with that. There's yeah. some good ones, but yeah, I, I, it wasn't, think, yeah. Um, it was a year of seven and eight. Hmm. Yeah, I think like I think The Batman was very good. Yeah. That was a very good Batman film, and doing something different to the Nolan trilogy, like they did it in a different way, and it's like, oh, this is a fresh take on Batman, which isn't just another Batman film. I like um, it was more a detective story than it was a superhero mm, film. It was very different. Yeah. All gone now. Sorry? That's all gone. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do you reckon they'll... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think I think it worked, so I wonder if Jane's going to keep it. And it doesn't... Yeah. You know, it doesn't... It doesn't infringe... If you're going to build a new shared universe, nothing in that film means you can't do that. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm pretty sure that's that's it. That's gone. We won't get yeah, another... Uh, the, Sonic Hedgehog 2 film was really fun. That was actually very, very good. It was yeah. yeah. It was a really, really fun film. Um, I enjoyed Doctor Strange and the multiple, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Is that the title? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was that was the best Marvel film. It's the best comic book film this year, I think. Um, oh, no. Actually, no, I'd probably say The Batman. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I'd have probably given yeah. it to Batman. But yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Marvel didn't have a great year, to be honest. Um, but my film of the year, and I don't think I would have guessed I would have picked this at the start of the year, is Matilda. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, I think this film was absolutely brilliant, and I wasn't expecting how good it was. Um, we went to see the uh, show a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, it's all right. Um, it sort of remixed the plot a little bit, but didn't really do too much with this. The way they shot this film is fantastic. It's very, has a point, it's anti authoritarianism. Um, mm. And the way the actor who plays Matilda acts it's very much a child that's had to deal with abuse all her life it's not like oh it's a whimsical children's film it's like no this is a person who whose parents mistreated her from the moment she was born and then she goes to school and she's the same and she's acting on rage and she finds a kindred spirit with her teacher who's also been mistreated all her life um and the way it's shot is very you know there's lots of shades of North Korea Russia in the way Mitch Trunchbull is who she was brilliant. Um, uh, is it Emma Watson? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And there's even bits where they show just how mad dictators are. Like yeah. She has a song of her own uh, about an hour into the film, and they just sort of zoom out from what she's fantasizing. She's fantasizing about no children. <laughs> and uh, like, they find out, and she's on a, uh, like a tire swing, like pretending to be a horse, going, Oh, lovely world, I'm full of horses with no children. <laughs> That is what's preventing there being a world full of horses is the children. It definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought this film was brilliant. I thought the, the choreography and just the, the way it was shot and the, the colours and everything, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And the they changed the original story from the book. And I don't think that worked in the theatre version I saw, but it really works in the film. Okay. It's, it really Sorry, I was just... I'm just looking up on IMDb. Um, Do you say it was Emma Thompson, wasn't it? Emma Thompson. Maybe. I think we said Emma yeah. Watson, but yeah, it is I, Emma Thompson. That's yeah. what threw me, because I hadn't yeah. seen the film, and I went, surely not. Yeah, surely not. She's too old yeah. to play that part. Yeah, she, she is fantastic. And I yeah. think she like, absolutely embodies Trunchbull. And yeah. Yeah, the, I, I don't think the Americans liked it, because it's not as whimsical as they wanted, but it's like, no, this is dark, and this is to the point, and it's actually... You know, you can keep doing the same story, Matilda, but stories evolve over time, and I think it's very much a 2022 yeah. take. Yeah. And looking at it from 2022 eyes, this is a child that, you know, is acting against her abusers. Roald Dahl's incredibly dark, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's like the... Like the, oh, like the Brothers Grimm. Or... It's whimsical. It's like, no, he... Like, a lot of... Like, Charlie Chocolate Factory, he sort of... Throughout the book, you sort of think he's got, like, five, four children being killed in this factory yeah and then he and then he ha- and then he hands off to some willing patsy in charlie and and then runs away and obviously it's charlie <laughs> that's got to deal with all the health and safety violations yeah. Yep. And... yeah and like the witches the witches are very like dark and scary like this idea that old women could be around that want to turn you into rats or just kill outright kill you yeah it's you know it's I think to say that, oh, well, it's not as bright and breezy. It's like, no, it's not a particularly bright and breezy story. It's a, a girl whose parents, like... Yeah, I think I think, I think I think some people were like, oh, this isn't like the Danny DeVito one where it's all sort of magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, the, the reason she gets the, the power she gets is rage. It's like Carrie for seven-year-olds. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, it is. It's basically the same story. Um, I, I highly recommend this film, and I think yeah. it's, it was a bit of a shame on Christmas Day that because we, I think we assumed that it was going to be on Netflix on Christmas Day in the UK, but it's not coming to the summer. Yeah, well, I kept advertising it as being on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was genuinely a bit pissed off. My um, my son was very upset because he really enjoyed it in the cinema. So yeah. Hodge. Yeah, much like Kev, I don't think it was a great year particularly. Um, I would say a quick shout out to a film that I, on paper, should have hated, but was a lot of fun. I watched you, Matt, and that was that unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Who was that? The, the, the Nicolas Cage, Cage one. Nicolas Cage. All the time. Oh, wow. So I should hate it, but it was a fun, it's a fun film. It's, yeah, it was, it was all right. Um, Turning Red was pretty good. I, quite, I appreciated oh, yeah. the adult themes in that, which uh, obviously made a lot of conservative parents upset. Well, I wouldn't. It's not even like they're adult themes. It's things that girls should know no, about you're right. themselves. But I know what you mean, and it's like, but, but people have a weird thing of saying, "Don't well, tell sure girls, don't tell girls that this is going to happen," and then it yeah. happens, and then they're like, "What?" Every girl does turn into a giant red panda at some point. <laughs> yeah, that is a good film. Yeah. I forgot that, I forgot that came out. Some it? boys as well. Yeah. <laughs> and my last quick shout out is something else that should have been shit, and that was Rescue Rangers, which was fun. But oh, yeah, I forgot that came out this year. Considering that was, that went from announced to out in the space of like, <laughs> like a couple of yeah, weeks. But again, genuinely funny and clearly. It clearly made for our age range, given all the cameos yeah. and jokes. Yeah, with with ugly Sonic as well, which was a great, yeah. great um, shout. Yeah, give it all. Like the, the, the only film I like keep not keep thinking about, but like comes back to me from this year, is um, Bob's Burgers the movie. Fair enough. Yeah, I it's a lovely little it. film. Yeah, like exactly. That. It's like got the songs that overstay their welcome, but are all all catchy. Yeah. It's, just a, a good summation of everything that is great about that series. It's just a lovely little film with people doing their best for each other, and everyone's lovely. It was a very che- a very cheery film. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I again, I probably saw most of the same films as you guys this year. I think the only one that I really liked that I don't think anyone mentioned because I think Kev, you saw it, but you didn't like it. I really liked The Northman. Um, I thought that was that was brilliant. Oh yeah, Dan I agrees missed, with I me. It and I really want to watch it. Dan agrees with me, Kev. So you're wrong. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, well, um, you're more horror than history fans. Yeah, I mean, absolutely true. Uh, but uh, I would say my favourite film of the year was absolutely nope. Brilliant movie. Um, I just like everything about that film from start to finish is about you know about thinking you have control over things that you don't have control over and how thi- and you know it's like i i kind of you may already know the twist or what it's about already but i'm not going to kind of spoil isn't, it here for isn't people isn't that the don't. plot to Jurassic Park i mean it's it's the theme <laughs> of Jurassic Park it's not the plot of Jurassic Park <laughs> those are different hodge um <laughs> But yeah, it's... Uh... So the theme of Jurassic Park is... Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's it's, off and bullying you. it's it's a great horror film, which it's more like it's the sort of horror like Jaws or like the first Jurassic Park. It's it is frightening, but it's fun as well. It knows exactly what it's doing as a as a movie to kind of okay. you know to keep you invested without being you know relentlessly horrible all the time. But there, it's also got a you know a great sort of B story going on, which is fantastic. I genuinely. Go watch Nope. It's I, th- I thought it was the best film I saw this year, basically. I will when it comes out on demand somewhere. Yeah. Um. Cool. Are we looking forward to any movies in twenty twenty three particularly? Uh, uh, the Spider Verse film. I forget what's going. Yeah. Yeah. Across the Spider Verse. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what else is coming out. To be honest. Guardians Volume Three. Yeah. And then that's probably yeah. I mean, I'd probably only know. Comic book films that are coming out. Yeah, um, I would say those two, uh, and also uh, I think I put the, the new Evil Dead film. Oh, Ooh, the, the, right. I've seen the. I, yeah, I know you posted the trailer. But I haven't seen it. I have never watched a trailer before and felt anxiety. It looks <laughs> like absolutely terrifying, and I'm here for it. There is one film I want to watch this year: um, yep. Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, that looks really good as well, and possibly June Part Two as well. Sorry, it's oh, not yeah. that I've got. Uh, it's not that I've got the IMDb 2023 list uh, <laughs> list in in my other window here. No, that's a that's a good point, June. I mean, it, to be fair, it's not like we we had this for you. Like we didn't give you time, so it's absolutely fair to kind of go, "What is coming out this year?" and have a quick look. Um, but yeah, June June Part Two, that's going to be good as well. Rio, have you seen Tenet? No, I haven't, um, and I really like Christopher Nolan films, and I do really yeah, want to watch it. Don't watch Tenet. Don't, don't watch Tenet. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. I'll no, take, no. Pretend he didn't make it, and it was just like a yeah. pandemic fever dream. It's bollocks. Yeah, it's absolute shit. Ooh, you noted. I keep forgetting um, this is out this year, and I'm hopeful that um, Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem might be good. Oh, uh, okay. Is that is this the new CGI one, I think? It's the yeah, one with, um, uh, what's his face? Seth Rogen directing. Okay. There is an untitled Star Trek sequel coming out this year, apparently. Yeah, that, that's been... Star Trek Beyond. Uh, yeah, that's been coming out like for ages to the point where I went, what, this is still happening? And they're like, yeah, there, there, is, yeah. there is still another one. There is still a, a fourth Chris Pine, you know, yeah. uh, Star Trek film. Okay. There is Fast 10, plot unknown. God love. Imagine, <laughs> they'll, be, imagine they'll be souping up their mobility scooters, though, at this point. Oh, I could tell you what that film's about right now. It's about family. See, Speaking about Family. mobility scooters, Indiana Jones 5 is out this Indiana week. Jones and the Dial of Destiny, yes. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, I, I, um, oh, I, I, do, I, do I get optimistic about the uh, Mario film? Oh, yeah. I, I, mm. I didn't mention this. I, this is what I'm looking forward to. It's looking hopeful. It, I mean, it yeah, is. You can't, you can't replace Bob Hoskins, though. The guy was definitive. <laughs> the definitive Mario. <laughs> no, the, the... I, I have been vocal in the past about my disdain for illumination. Yeah, you have. And I don't take it all back, but what I will say is they are clearly trying very hard, more than I've seen them try for any other film they've done. Because you compare any of that animation to anything like they've done previously, and it is leaps above like minions for example yeah um it, it, again it looks like it looks like someone went right we've been given this 
we've got to do it right. Because if you do it right, then you might end up doing Legend of Zelda or something Rumor like that. Rumour is that's what they're working on. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, because if you if if you fuck it up, then it'll just go back in the box, and no one will want a Nintendo film from a main franchise for another ten, fifteen years, twenty. However, whenever Mario Brothers movie came out, <laughs> the Bob Hoskins one. Ninety, I want to say ninety-three. You're probably right. It was about the same time as yeah. like the Super Nintendo launched, wasn't it? Mm. No, it was after, I think. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, let's. Yeah. Yeah, let's um, let's hope it's good. It does. It does look good. Yeah, cool. How is Rock'em Sock'em Robots going to be a film? Well, probably in much the way same way same way as Battleships was a film. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Oh, it'll be it'll be two massive robots fighting in a city, right? And then there will be a squad of marines in the city. Yeah, (laughs) and that will be ninety percent of the film will be following the squad of marines in the city. And then the robots will fight and break the break the buildings. That that will be the film. So every Transformers film. Every Transformers film, yeah, hundred percent. Because there is a Transformers film out this year as well. Which, there is. Again, weirdly, doesn't look like dog shit. Um, <laughs> I believe that when I see it, mate. No, no. Um, so okay, uh, we're gonna. This is the first one since the Bumblebee Ooh. film. Yeah. Bumblebee no, after Bumblebee, wasn't there the that one with Bob Hoskins? Wasn't that after Bumblebee? Bob Hoskins? He's been dead a while. What are you talking about? Wasn't the... Not Bob Hoskins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Wasn't that one out after Bumblebee? No. Okay. No. Bumblebee was kind of a soft reboot. Okay. Which which now they're ignoring. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a a biopic of Roosevelt as well coming out. Theodore Roosevelt. Which one? Oh. Oh, yeah. Ah, I knew you were going to say that. That's why I said Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. Let's not forget about Cocaine Bear. Oh, how could you? How could you forget about Cocaine Bear? So yeah, plenty, plenty of film like to to kind of keep you going in in twenty twenty three in terms of films. So it'll be good. We'll we'll check out those out. Um, in terms of TV shows, what was everyone's favourite TV show of twenty twenty two? Hodges buggered off. What was everyone's favourite TV show of twenty twenty two? Rio. Hodge is clearly going to say Andor, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to speak on his behalf. Right. He might not. Yeah. What's yours, Rio? Is, um, Andor? It's Andor. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Is it happening? Well, I'll, 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 I'll give Hodge the opportunity to, to, uh, to, to talk first. Well, we'll see if it is. See if it is. All right, okay. Sorry, I had to go and go for a weed. What was it? <laughs> TV, TV show, t- best TV show of the year. Sure. I, I, I was, I was, all I was going to say Andor might be it, I think. There you go. It's a slow start to Andor. There was, I'd say, in like the first three, nearly lost me, and it really gets good about halfway through, doesn't it? I quite like the I quite like the way they structured it, where like every three episodes feels like its own mini season, if you if you see what I mean, mini arc. It's a very clever way of doing it. I think. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, I would say, yeah, it's it's a very very good show. Brilliant. But- like, do you know what? The only thing that stops me saying Andor, because I didn't say I would say Andor, mm-hmm. and the only thing which might top it for me is Primal Season 2. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Shit. Because <laughs> it, it's just, it, the, every shot in that series is beautiful. Yeah. And some of the storytelling and the way it's done is fantastic. So, um, if, if again, we haven't talked about this as much, but we will at some point get our, our feelings out there in podcast form, perhaps. 
Primal is a series about a caveman and a dinosaur who form a relationship in a like mystical version. Yeah, a mystical version of the uh, ancient past. It's done by Gendy Tartakovsky, who is the animator of Samurai Jack and uh, Dexter's Lab. Didn't he do? I might think I might have confused him with someone else. Didn't he do? Oh no, sorry, I'm thinking of. I was going to say, didn't he do Pi? But that was Darren Arnofsky. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm getting I'm getting mesquite. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's genuinely it's fantastic. It's it's like it's basically like a Conan the Barbarian series oh. or those older kind of 1920s pulp fantasy novels done in a um, in an animation, and it's absolutely brilliant. Both seasons so and see. Season two is best. To a satisfying end. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all on Channel Four on demand. Yeah, it's worth watch. Absolutely, yeah, fantastic. Yep. But okay, um, so I'm I'm going to say my favourite TV show, which probably um, I'm going to stick to mine, even though Hodge just said Primal season two, and it would have been that if I thought back. Um, but mine was Vinland Saga on Netflix, which is uh, an anime series about Vikings, and it's absolutely fucking brilliant um and people won't watch it because it's anime but it's brilliant you should watch it it's absolutely amazing um it's about a young boy whose uh, dad is basically tricked and murdered and he ends up working for his murderer on on the basis that he can challenge his murderer to a fight he's, he's like his murderer is like a mercenary so he joins the mercenary band to basically end up working for the mercenary. If he does a good job, the mercenary will give him an opportunity to kill him and regain his father's honour. That's that's the setup, uh, and then it takes you all through the Viking invasion of uh, Britain, basically. Um, and it's yeah, so coming Monday. Yeah, uh, and it's so good. It's genuinely so good. It's obviously got a bit of anime silliness. You've got people chucking logs, miles and everything like that, but it's just such a really good story and it's so well told. So, yeah, definitely check that out. I've added that to the watch list. Yep. Kev, what was your favourite TV show of 2022? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, pretty good year for TV. I think there's a a few really good series. Like, some surprise, like, I really enjoyed the Orville third season. Okay. I think that was like some of the best Star Trek storytelling. I'm currently getting through Strange New Worlds, which is also very good. Um, yeah, I, I forgot about Strange New Worlds. Yeah, um, yeah. I enjoyed Miss Marvel. Um, oh, I thought of some other series. Oh, uh, last series of Last Kingdom was very good, but that might be just because I really like that series. Mm-hmm. I think the there's two obvious contenders for series of the year. I think you've already mentioned Andor. Mm-hmm was a great great star wars tv show um but i feel cumulatively cumulatively over its i think oh sorry i also wanted to mention i think the last series of uh, the last sort of eight episodes of walking dead were really good seeing that show has been really bad for quite a few years yeah a few people have said that but i think i think the thing is to watch the last episode eight episodes i then have to go back and watch the you know the shit. I, <laughs> I think I think we've just gone back to the last season to yeah. go through it with um we realised we only missed one series. Oh okay. so we're not going back to that. We're just gonna watch yeah. the last series. Yeah, I think I think the last series is a vast improvement on what preceded it and I think that it gets better as it goes along. 
the, the last so they, they split the last series into three groups of eight episodes the second two eights are very good and sort of what the series should have been um okay but yeah my tv show of the year is for i think it's entire run but it, it's stellar final season that's better call Saul. I yeah yeah it yeah. was very good i i thought about this i think um Andor is the new kid on the block, but I think Better Call Saul has just been fantastic throughout, and the yeah. final series is phenomenal. Like it, the sort of the, the first half builds up to this scam that they're putting on. Yeah, get like oh they nailed it and it's so good, and then like within an evening that has all fallen apart. Yes, and the 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 parallel storylines collide in a way that they sort of been a little bit throughout the series, but mm. like completely collide and you get this epic fight between well, epic not fight but like tense confrontation between uh um bring and i've got his name one of the salamancas oh, oh Hector. yeah um, oh no 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 not Hector. the um yeah the nephew i can't remember his name but yeah yeah um which has a combination and then it you know they sort of that concludes the story of better call Saul in some respects and then it goes into the future Yes, and it concludes the story. Of the whole, partly concludes the story. Of the whole thing. You show Saul hiding out, and he get finally gets well. Spoilers for Better Call Saul. Does anyone want to step away? No, no, I've no. I've seen it, mate. Yeah, um, he finally gets caught, and you know he's gonna get away with it. He's gonna scam himself out of it. But the one thing that his he cares about is Kim, and yeah. that's the one thing that, and it's a consistent character trait throughout it. They have the the flashbacks throughout the the final couple of episodes like oh what would you do with the time machine mm. That's so well done it's such a great way of bringing uh uh walter white back into it and another yeah. characters that you yeah know, they've asked for throughout the series but it's like it would feel a bit cheap but it doesn't feel cheap it feels absolutely earned yeah how, yeah how I, I think it's i think it's a really great and well-written example of uh two people as a, as a romantic couple in kim wexler and and, and saul goodman clearly love each other but are not good for each other at all and that's yeah a, an extremely toxic relationship yeah. um and they both bring out the worst in each other and just that throughout the whole i mean because actually I, we binged it this year we'd never seen it before and we went oh let's watch this better call Saul here it's good oh my god this is like some of the best characterization and, and just believable characters and just believing you know, this is how people behave some people behave um and yeah the, just the, that characterization was was fantastic that, that that relationship was just so well, so well written. Yeah, I, 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 the, I the one thing I love about Better Call Saul is you never sort of say to yourself, uh, "Well, that character wouldn't do that." You might say yeah. to yourself, "No one would get away with that because of mm. the you know the elaborate nature of some of the stuff that yeah. he does." But <laughs> but what you would say is he would absolutely do it. The character would absolutely do that. <laughs> you know, nothing happens out of character in that um, in that series, which is. You know why it's. I think it. You know, though, some Breaking Bad and, and its sequels have been brilliant it's, throughout. This is the thing. Mm. It's like it was originally like I think when it was announced. Oh, there's a prequel to Breaking Bad. Oh, it's it's all good, man. Is it going to be any good? And yeah, you thought like a bit wary, but I think Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul work together as a perfect. Yeah, it's like it's almost like yeah, it's it's one series then another, and it's. They're, they're different themes, but they're they're perfect together. Yeah. Um, 
I still yeah, need fine. to watch more of Breaking Bad than the first series. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Get it, get it out of your system. Yeah, just... <laughs> the, the scene with him and Walter White at the end, where like Walter White is like still obsessively trying to fix something, and like, like, what would you do if you go back in time? Like, oh, I would fix this bit of my past, and like, Saul has always been like, well, I'd go back and make money, and like, if that's all it. Yeah. And then, like, so oh, even a... Walt is still like hung up. Like, I would go back and like make them pay, basically, and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One thing like defines him. And Saul goes, "Well, I oh, if you'd have told me that, we could have gone to court." He's like, "If I was going to do that, I never would have hired you." Yeah, and it's like it's this all being just, like kicking this. It like you know, you yeah. you are good because you're a crook. This is that's how I view you. You're yeah, the reason I'm involved with you is because it's a legal meth business. It's nothing. I'm, I'm more surprised, really, that he didn't finish watching Cool Saul and immediately go to Breaking Bad and go for it. Yeah, I, I, we only finished Better Call Saul um, maybe a month ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was fairly. It was fairly late on. I mean, I, I will second everything you guys have said about Better Call Saul being just fantastic from start to finish. The, this is going to sound really tragic, but the bit that got me really excited though was um, where Mike Herman trout is doing he's he's set up as a spoof security consultant doing a physical security assessment on a warehouse yes yeah and, and that and that's something and that's something i do on a semi-regular basis profession <laughs> so i was getting really excited at this and going oh my god he's looking where the cctv cameras are that's brilliant and he's going bin diving it was really tragic as my wife will tell you <laughs> it's like this is not the bit of the this is not the highly dramatic bit that you're supposed to get excited. No, it, it, it's the authenticity of the show in that it's not it doesn't at any point feel like I feel like they try and make it as realistic as possible. Yeah, like he yeah he caught like Mike is a great character, really fantastic. Character. Yeah, again this is the better call Saul could have been better call Saul and Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his origin as well, so. And, yeah. and weirdly, a couple of days ago, I watched um, Beverly Hills Cop and um, Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike Herman Tratt, is in that as well. Oh, um, okay. But, like, this is, what, 40 years ago? Oh, God. 35, maybe. Don't say but, things you know, like it, that. It, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a young Jonathan Banks with, a, with mostly a full head of hair. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, take a bow. You're yeah. Phenomenal. And the whole, the whole cast is phenomenal. Do you know one fun fact? Um, in the nineties and early two thousands, the BBC did a load of audio versions of comic books, including Superman and Batman. They did like Batman Nightfall and stuff like that. And Bob Odenkirk was one of the voice actors, and he did Jimmy Olsen in a load of them. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, okay, so best TV episode. If anyone wants to, uh, have we haven't had Rio's best series yet. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would. Sorry. I would, if I'm being honest, I would probably say Andor. Um, we, yeah, we talked about it a lot. I mean, I, it's probably the best Star Wars thing I've seen because it's very grounded. There's no Jedi or any of that nonsense yeah. in it. The characters are all fantastically written. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a couple, there's several that stand out for me. Um, in terms of characterization, Dedra Miro, I. I Having thought about this, and again, I'll revisit it in a couple of years, probably one of the best antagonists, definitely the best antagonist I've seen in sci-fi, maybe one of the best antagonists I've seen in in anything. Again, I'll revisit that in a in a couple of years' time. But, you know, Denise Govan, just a fantastic actress. Um, uh, and, and I think what makes her such a good antagonist is not 
the fact that she's ruthless is the fact that she's smart. She's competent. Patient. Yeah. She's incredibly competent, mm. which is quite something you quite often don't get with antagonists. They're sort of like mustache twirling villains mm. or, you know, and she's clearly, you know, a flawed individual and obviously has no moral compass to speak of. I mean, you see her torturing people and, and all sorts or you know, arranging for them to be tortured. Um, but yeah, just as a, as a, as a, an intimidating character, very intimidating, not someone you'd want as an opponent because she's very, very professional, very good at her job. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, so I, that, that was one of the standouts. I, I'd probably chuck in, um, it's gonna, again, it's a daft one, SAS Rogue Heroes. Um, Everyone who's seen it, that show has said it's great. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Give it a go. It's on BBC iPlayer. Um, the hilarious thing is they had to tone down a lot of the stuff that actually happened because it it was so it was so ridiculous. Um, so it's based on it's based on the book by Ben McIntyre. Um, for anyone not familiar, it's about the formation of the SAS, which was uh, North Africa early early part of the Second World War. Um, they were bogged. Effectively, the 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 British were bogged down, and there were a bunch of very uh, disobedient, very eccentric um, officers who recruited a bunch of enlisted men and went let's go off and do some really irregular weird stuff <laughs> um and it start and it started off with them going do you know what we could do right is get on a plane and we could all jump out of the plane in the middle of the desert and then sneak up behind um and sneak up behind rommel's forces and and, and and hit them in the back you know they won't be expecting that and you know and they went up and they went out to the aircraft and it was you know blowing sort of 50 60 knots a sandstorm basically they were told i wouldn't even fly in this never mind jump out and they said no no we're going anyway <laughs> and something like 50 percent of them didn't return wow. um because the, you, you jump you jump out of an aircraft bear in mind that you know if the wind's blowing at 50 knots when you hit the ground you're going sideways yeah. at about that speed with a big parachute on your back and the desert in that part of the world isn't like nice rolling soft sand dunes it's rocks and thorns and shit so, you know, you hit the ground, you break one or possibly both legs, and then you get dragged across the desert. So, yeah, something something like half of them died on the initial drop. Um, yeah, and the fact it's mostly true, it's by the guy who did Peaky Blinders, um, oh, Stephen see, Knight. I, now you've described that TV show, I just assumed it was the type of thing my dad would like. Basically. I mean, he, he probably, probably would. He probably, he probably but... would, mate. Yeah, but like, in a, like, they just go around shooting minorities way. Oh no! Well, it, it, right. So basically, um, <laughs> so, there's it, it's a bit of a guilty that pleasure. That sounds interesting. Like the, it, the well, it's it, it's kind of the guilty pleasure that a lot of people have, which is what 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 would I do in this situation with no real oversight? Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's very interesting because they were you know they were highly effective at what they did, but they were mad as a box of frogs. <laughs> Most of the story is told is true. Most of the characters did exist. The main character is uh, David Sterling, um, who eventually was a was a colonel. Um, he's played by Adam Groff. No, wrong. Sorry, he's played by Connor Swindells, um, who played Adam Groff in Sex Education. Right. So yeah, a, a, again, fan, fantastic actor. Um, they, there's a couple of bits in there that didn't happen. Like the head of French intelligence um, is uh, is a character called Eve Mansour, who's a very attractive young woman. Um, in reality, it was a, a, a hairy old bloke. <laughs> but they put that in there because otherwise the whole you know you've got to, there has to be something other than let's run around the desert and blow stuff up so yeah it's a certain amount of kind of it's a guilty pleasure but it was it was it was very cool and quite entertaining um yeah that 
that's it really i mean the, so the one thing that does leap out is you think it's made up but um one of the examples of something that did happen and sounds made up um is randolph churchill winston churchill's son um went on a mission with them uh, raiding benghazi um but you know he did wasn't really effective because he dislocated his back um and that, that doesn't that story isn't entirely told in the show but Randolph Churchill, sure as anything, turns up looking quite podgy in his uniform and says, oh, yes, I'm, I'm Winston's son. And it's like, nah, this is ridiculous. And then you look it up and it was actually true. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Randolph as well. That's a, that's the most unbelievable part that someone would call their son someone Randolph. Someone would call their kid Randolph. I yeah, know it's mad, isn't it? That's, that, <laughs> that's the only bit I don't believe. And therefore, I, I, the whole series is suspect now. Yeah. <laughs> Very quick, quick shout out to another show which we've really loved this year that we only remember our last week having had it recommended to us by Dan. So it wasn't from this year unless you count the Christmas special, which I am to get it in, into this window. But um, Dan got us to watch The Detectorists. Have any of you seen it? I've heard it's very good. Again, yeah. Oh, mate, it's fantastic. Honestly, it's like so lovely. It's about Mackenzie Crook and Toby Jones playing two old metal detect- uh, playing two old detectorists. And just do what we get to. But it's like three seasons on iPlayer, and, you know, it's BBC, so it's six episodes, half an hour each. Fair enough. Well worth a watch. Lovely. Okay. Um, so, um, anyone got a best TV episode? I've got one. I uh, I didn't... This this show was close to my show of the year, but I have to pick an episode. Uh, and I think you could have picked a couple from Andor. Yep. Easily. The, I think the ones that bring to mind are the, the one where they enact the heist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to pick the one where they escape from the prison. Oh, yeah, that's also actually. really good. Yeah, which I, I just thought was just a great, great... <laughs> yeah. Like it, again, and, and it was one of the, the, you know, it's runner-up for TV show of the year. Few of you have given it TV show of the year. It's just done so well, and this is another great episode. Just the the setup, again, the setup for it, you said they, they did... It was three episode arcs for everything, and this is the one where it all pays out. And the, uh, like yeah. the hopelessness of being in that prison, like the freedom, like, like the desperation to get out, and the, the way it's done, I just thought it was an absolutely fantastic episode of TV. Yeah, but it, again, it's it it feels weird now, right? Because like I'm just going to remind you that Obi Wan came out this year, which features plenty of Darth Vader, like being Darth Vader and being menacing, and it's just like it just seems silly compared to Andor now. Yeah. Like, you know, Rio said about you know competent antagonists. Could we have more of them in everything, please? Competent antagonists <laughs> yeah. make your heroes seem better. It's, than... it's the living, it's the world building as well. Because yeah. I'm a big fan of like law in general and and very well constructed worlds. And and actually Andor's world, it just feels so lived in. Yeah, dirty so and run down. Say again, Hodge. So I think, so I think um, Andor got so much better once he went to prison. That series, like really. You mean the character of Andor? No, the whole series. Oh, okay. I think that's about really where it like kicked off for me. I love the fact he goes to prison for nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's like, it's very sort of uh, French Revolution, Les Mis sort of thing, where he's being handed down a draconian sentence from someone on a high pillar, um, and, and it's like. And then they you find out a loaf of bread. Yeah, well, I, think, I think it 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 definitely I'm gonna paint a picture of an empire that's um, that sort of came in following the Clone Wars, and probably for a lot of people 
like oh we're restoring order and we're going to get you know food shipments coming in various things and like it worked for a bit and then yeah like you're with Andor you're at the point where oh well they're yeah. tightening the noose ever so slowly like it's, yeah it, it's the banality of evil as well I think um, yeah. when you know you see the judge handing down like a absolutely ridiculous sentence but the, the reason they're doing it is because they need the slave labor yeah yes so they so yeah, Star's not going to build his oh that's a spoiler sorry that's all right don't worry people have seen Star Wars okay I'm, I'm, here's, here's a, have yeah, they yeah have they yeah <laughs> I hear it's quite popular yeah but yeah, yeah. It used to be <laughs> it's not like in it's not like in uh, modern society we'd over enslave a section of the populace just so we could have cheap labour. We'd never do that. Not in real life. But again, I, I feel like Andor fits with, and I know it's more of a kids' based show, but Rebels, in that they, they do tighten the noose in Rebels. Like, they, like the, the merest hint of a rebellion in Lothal, they absolutely tighten it. And it's that tightening grip that just creates more Rebels. It creates more yeah. people I mean, to rise up and fight against them. That It's like that concept really works like you you know things are okay for a bit and that's why you sort of slipped into authoritarianism whereas now things are you know they've got stormtroopers on it they're not relying on local security anymore who are probably a bit yeah yeah don't don't worry if you're not doing anything too bad we'll we'll just you know we're just here to to keep you know make sure the food shipments are going out on time like oh no no we're sending the stormtroopers in because some security officers have been killed and yeah i mean but yeah i mean the fact the fact that they the fact that even the re- the rebellion, um, there are you know there are clearly defined good and and good and bad side in in Andor for sure, um, but the rebellion actually has to do things that yeah, yeah. actually are morally you know morally very difficult to mm. justify. And if you took them individually, and you know, and and to what and I like the fact it raises those questions. It's like well, uh, the, where they where they oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the name of the individual they sell out to. To, so as to not compromise, that they know know some information. Yeah, I can't remember the name, of the, but but yeah, the, the the, they basically send him to his death. Send him to his death, basically. Yeah, because yeah, it was like, well, if we don't, then they're going to know. So they're going to know we. They're going, yeah. So, so it's yeah. the fact he goes to Saul Guerrero just to have that conversation. It's like, well, all right, I'll tell you what do you think we should do, and he's mm. like, oh, you can't do that, and then eventually, he's like, yeah, you've got to do it. Really, can't. Yeah. This is this is bigger. I, again, I think that's that's what makes it great and what makes it really good. Star Wars, um, and what makes it a really good show. Actually, in fact, it's almost too good to be Star Wars. I'd say it's too good. Yeah, um, it's, which it make, is it makes me it makes me sad <laughs> for the rest for the rest of the stuff that's been released in the last ten years. Yeah, well, possibly exception of Rogue One. Yeah, right. Ro- I mean, Rogue One, Rebels, Mandalorian. I think they're all. I, Man, I think yeah, Star- okay. No, Man- Mando's good as well. I yeah. haven't seen. I haven't seen Rebels. Yeah. And I do, and I do want to watch the newer trilogy again. No, 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 no! Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> well, you know, I feel so. I uh, do, I do listen to your podcast. You know, you were talking quite favourably about Last Jedi, which I massively slated. When <laughs> oh, it was no, no, we haven't, we haven't covered Last Jedi yet. We were talking very. I mean, about yeah, Rise of Skywalker. <sighs> the yeah, just what's the set? What's the second one? Second one is Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, I'm sure you talked about it. I mean, um, we have well, I we've talked we've that. talked about it. We we haven't gone into oh, right, okay. huge depth on it. No, but, okay, fair yeah. enough. I'll give it a go. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the thing is, the Last Jedi is good, but it's like it's you know, it leads to Rise of Skywalker. So 
you're better off using your time to watch Clone Wars. Yeah. So like there's there's much better stuff you could do with your time than watch the the prequel trilogy the sequel trilogy uh, okay. unfortunately. Fair enough. Which is a sad which is a sad truth. Um okay, uh, does anyone else have a favorite TV episode? I do. Go on. I think one of the best TV episodes this year was um South Park's The Big Fix. Yeah, that was good. Which is the one wherein Stan learns he's the only person who has been saying Tolkien's name wrong for the entire <laughs> run of South Park. Yeah, like the whole. I thought your name was Token. Why would my Why would my parents name me Token Black? That would be an awful name. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> been saying Tolkien. Yeah, you've got a big T on your shirt, but Tolkien. Yeah, his name's Tolkien back. I wonder. I wonder if they've patched like the the, the Ubisoft games. That would they be very have, funny if they have. What they have fixed is they've gone back. I, I only know this because I saw it in news threads afterwards. Yeah. On uh, Paramount Plus, they've gone back and changed all of the um, subtitles for previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, reason why it's such a good one is it's such a. It's a sort of joke that only works if you've got a show that's been running that long. Yeah. And they must go, actually, yeah, this was never really okay. How can we fix it now? Well, I mean, that's, it's, it's ha- it happens. Um, you know, I think that The Simpsons faced that with Apu as well, didn't they? Where, yeah, yeah I, I think in many ways, South Park have handled that kind of stuff better than The Simpsons have because they've held their hands up and gone, yeah, okay, that was wrong. We shouldn't have done that. Let's fix it. Yeah. Whereas The Simpsons kind of almost doubled down on it at first. At first, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was very funny. I also enjoyed the streaming wars one. Yes, that was very good. Yeah, that was very, yeah. Um, I don't think I've got a specific uh favorite episode of a TV show this year. Um, again, I'll mention it again, but probably the the last episode of season one of Finland Saga is just brilliant, and I I kind of don't want to talk about it because if you haven't seen it, it's great. Um, yeah, and it just all comes to a head in that. Actually, no. There is a, there's another really good episode of Finland Saga, which I will talk about. It's basically where uh, the characters that you have been following throughout the whole story, who are Vikings, come across a um, uh, a settlement in Wales or England, okay. and they just murder everyone and take their stuff. And no, and it's done very businesslike and very kind of this is happening, basically. And it's and it's kind of that fact check of oh oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, these are, you know, these are people invading a foreign land and they will just kind of, like, that's what, this is what they are here to do. You might like them because we've made you like them, but this is actually what they're here to do, so... Yeah, I, I always... Yeah. There's always that thing about Vikings, but it's like, yeah, the Saxons did the same, so it's not really... No, like, yeah, it's not It's not like a, a moral judgment of one side is better than the other, it's just kind of a, a reality check in this show. It's like, a, th- this is this is the reality of what you have to do to survive. And it's kind of funny because it has this moment of the the daughter of the family goes out and sort of says, I want something too ex- exciting to happen. There you go! <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and she's the only one left alive at the end and is like, oh, I'm being punished by God. <laughs> so, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap up with a few bits and pieces here. Biggest surprise of the year. Can we to go first? Yeah, go on, Rio. Um, I'm going to put an invasion of Ukraine on the 24th of February. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it's uh, fairly yeah. surprising. Um, 
so I mean, it, generally speaking, a lot of commentators um, were predicting up until quite late on, really, that it was kind of a, a bluff mm. almost. And you know, even from even though from from December, um, from December twenty one, it was fairly obvious that if it was a bluff, it was a very well financed resource bluff. Um, you know, so a lot of people who should have predicted it kind of didn't till quite late on. I mean, it was the, the obvious thing were kind of you know the logistic the logistics element be, elements being put in place, the trucks, the trains, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it was widely reported that uh, Putin had ordered forty thousand body bags as well. Which is shows a fairly commitment, good commitment to a bluff if it is a bluff. It's a pretty uh, good so commitment you, to destroying your own troops, isn't it? I know I've got to kill at least as many of my own troops. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing. It was like no, and no one and, and no one predict no one predicted either how well the Ukrainians would perform. Mm. Um, smart money was on them lasting weeks, a couple of months, maybe. And then suing for peace, but no, no. To be fair, to be fair to them, they've done very well with. The I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make you aware, Rio. We're probably gonna cut that a little bit when we do no, the that's episode. Fine. Sorry, and, sorry. Oh, no, only because <laughs> we'll come off, topic. we'll come off as like that Alan Partridge bit where he starts going. We cleared the cave. <laughs> we do that. No, that's fine. But no, but the, it's oh, well, it's it's, it's good for us. I'm interested, but I'm just like, oh wow. No, that's <laughs> fine. It's completely off topic. I won't, I won't object if you cut that, mate. But no worries. Um, but also, uh, has anyone else got any surprise of the year? Because I, I was going to put that the Rescue Rangers film was good, but Rio's yeah, one is a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Mine was more of a fun one. I, I've, got a, I've got a music one, which I'll do next, next in, in the adjoining episode. What's your fun one, Cam? Well, it was more that um, at the moment I'm playing a game called The Quarry, and it's by Supermassive, who did the... Uh, Until Dawn, they, yeah. Until Dawn. And they made some... Um, Oh, uh, well, I think it's trilogies. Yeah, um, but just like how fun it is and how good it is. Like, oh, yeah. It's still, it's still a, like a silly pulp horror, but like when they announced this game, it's like old oh, 2K, Supermassive are making a 2K game that, um, uh, and it's like, oh, well, it, it's out in like three months. Like, yeah, this is going to be broken, isn't it? And no, it's really good. Um, and it's, it's up to the quality of Until Dawn, which, uh, I, I thought it was really fun pulpy horror game originally. So yeah, it's a big surprise um, how much that's good. But again, that's not not compared to what Rio said. I mean, don't worry. Sorry, <laughs> I may have mis- I may have misunderstood. The thing. No, no, to be fair, there w- there wasn't a context. We just said surprise no, of the year. No, we I didn't say we didn't say surprise of the year, but keep it light. <laughs> we said yeah, surprise of the year, so it's valid. I think having open to interpretation is good. Yeah. Hodge, what did you get, if anything? Uh, mine is um, I, I I was not starting this year with any kind of even an inkling that in February we'd be given the late Christmas present that Futurama's coming back again. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 absolutely fine. Um, what was yours, Matt? <laughs> I can't remember what I had. Um, I like how we've all interpreted this brief, interpreted this uh, the, the task in very, very different ways. Yeah, um, I don't think I really had a big surprise this year. Um, I'd maybe put the the death of the queen in there, like because I don't think anyone really. I mean, it's like how much of a surprise was it? She was, oh, you the, know, the queue was a surprise though. Huh? Oh, the queue. Oh, oh, well. You know, 
the whole rigmarole around the Queen's death, I would say, is a surprise. Just to watch again, you know, for the second time in my lifetime, to watch the country go absolutely fucking batshit. Um, you know, I, I know, I know there are people who have a very strong affiliation for the royal family, but <laughs> to wait like twenty four plus hours in a queue to go see a, a coffin is just not, not. It's yeah. the ones who did it with kids. I don't understand. How? Why did you do that? To no, that kids? that I don't agree yeah. with. I, I can I can so I can get my head around you wanting to go see yeah. you know the queen lying in state. I can kind of do that. Taking your kids along? No, 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 no. People had toddlers or like newborns. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Huh? Yeah. How? Yeah. How are you doing this? Yeah. Commitment. So... Hodge. <laughs> A right. good solid beating stick. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, biggest disappointment of the year? Uh, Netflix cancelling phone. Yeah, that was fucking shit. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I still get angry about this. Yeah. So, um, for for those of you who don't know, Jeff Smith's Bone is a graphic novel. It's amazing. The best way I can think of summarising it is uh, Donald, Mickey, and Goofy style cartoon characters end up in Lord of the Rings. That's the that's the elevator pitch for yeah. it. Um, it's wonderful it's brilliant it's massively well written um and that, that book kind of taught me so much about how you use like um artwork for um graphic novels how it can work in that medium because yeah. like they do a really good job of creating creating tension by using negative space and having like a big panel with nothing happening and then like a big word balloon and little tiny text in it yeah and it's like really clever like visual Visual things like that throughout the book. Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, when the wind blows, by Raymond Briggs does does something similar. Yeah, it's yeah. so. Yeah, it has like four. I think it has like four pages with nothing on. Yeah. Yeah, Bone does a very similar thing, like similar ideas. Yeah, it like create, yeah, creates tension and quiet quiet spaces by doing so. I never really seen it done like that before. Yeah, way the wind blows is un is unfair. <laughs> I would say it's. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where it's a it's genuinely a work of genius when the wind blows, but it's horrible. <laughs> like it's oh, just, terrible. It's terrible. So it's terrible and nasty. Horrible. Um, but yeah. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Jasper's Bone has been attempted to be made into a animated series or a film several times, and every time it gets cancelled. And this was the one for Netflix to cancel this time. So, you know, it's just. Uh, it's 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 a huge pity because you know. Um, it seems like the right place for it. I think Bone works more as a TV show, but it does as a film. Yeah. Um, my biggest disappointment of the year, probably most of Marvel's output. I'll just put that. <laughs> like seriously, just it's it's just with with probably the exception of Doctor Strange, which was like it's all fine. There's nothing like awful about it, but it's just. You know, you've also got Thor: Love and Thunder, which is just sat there like like a film that doesn't know what it wants to be, um, in any way. Uh, it, it, someone someone's let Taika Waititi be the star of his own film, and they need to stop that. Um, yeah, there's that. That is the problem with that film. I think they they found the right balance with Ragnarok, and then yeah, Love and Thunder is like, oh well, Ragnarok was really popular, so we'll just let you go off the hook, and it's just become like. The first half of that film, Thor is a clown. Yeah. 
And then, you know, it's got, oh, we've got the, the screaming goats. Also, Jane Foster's got cancer. You cannot have those two things in the same fucking film. It's t- it's totally all over the shop. Um, and, and again, I felt their, again, their TV stuff, Moon Knight and, and Ms. Mar- Ms. Marvel, it's, it's fine. It's just not. I, I really enjoy Ms. Marvel. Uh, again, I think it's because I've seen the same story so many times. I'm starting to like go, okay, and then this will happen, and this will happen, and it always does. Um, seems to be the way. Uh, anyone else got anything for disappointment of the year? Uh, yeah, Babylon's I... fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's that's fair. I think there's some. Uh, if there were some Square Enix or Platinum Games execs listening right now, they'd be sympathising with you oh, quite hard. Oh, they get a piece of my mind. <laughs> um, I, I've got one. Go on. I haven't. Well, uh, first thing I, I would add that Black Panther: Wakanda Forever was a disappointment. They yeah. picked one character to focus on that film. Yeah, uh, Chadwick Boseman's death. Uh, Letitia Wright cannot carry a franchise. It should have been uh, Denai Guerrero. Um, oh, what's the surprise, Ken? Thinks it should have been another man. No, that is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Do you though? Okay, I'm not a good joke. I apologise. Yeah, that... I'll, get, I'll get me coat. Yeah, yeah, she's she's Michonne in Walking Dead. If you, oh yeah. Yeah, um, uh, but I think the one it's Saints Row. Yeah, because I really like the Saints Row franchise. When Grand Theft Auto got up its own ass too much and like, oh, we're a serious game. No, you're not. Um, but <laughs> Saints Row was like, we're just going to be batshit and we're going to do like, we're going to have like a character fighting aliens with a touch in the background, and then we're going to make a really cool crackdown game, and we're just going to be crazy. It's like. Yeah, let's let's not do that anymore. Let's try and be a Grand Theft Auto clone again. And apparently the game's awful. I haven't played it, but the reviews were pretty. Yeah, the the, the game doesn't work, and the problem isn't necessarily that it's a Grand Theft Auto clone. It's that they're trying to have their cake and eat it. It's like we're a group of criminals, but we're environmentally friendly, and we like memes. Like, okay, right, <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, just you know, the the tone of the I really Saints Row Three I thought was absolutely great. The tone is just mental. Yeah, it's just like let's make an open world game where like you anything goes and you just go around tune and you do side missions. The side missions are really fun. Nothing really makes sense. Um, Saints Row Three, the one where you start off as the president. Saints Row Four is the one we start off as the president. Right. Okay. Yeah. You are the president of the United States of America because you do a rescue mission and then you become president and then aliens attack. I see. Like this is this is the tone they had with the last game. And then they go. Well, we're just a gang now. Make it fun. Make it fun. Like, make a fun sandbox. I've got to say, I found GTA V a little bit po-faced for for that reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, Saints Row was the antidote to this, to what GTA had become. And now it's just, it's just more, well, we'll we'll brain it back because obviously someone decided that was the way forward. No, mate, just do a fun game. Um, Yeah. Okay, um, so we'll start off with this one. Um, who we'll move on? Fine, our final couple of topics, guys. We're almost there. Um, our hero of the year. Oh, everyone's kind of a bit quieter on this one. Hodge, have you got a hero of the year? No, no, yeah, I need to think. I'm trying to read the room. <laughs> 
Kev? Yeah, I thought of a music one, but I'm saving that now. So okay. I'll, um, can I pick a fictional one? If you want, yeah. I'm going to pick a fictional one, and it's Kratos. Yeah. Um, because that game was wonderful, and the his character has come on leaps and bounds. And I'll elaborate on this more in a later date, but yeah, yeah Kratos is phenomenal, and some of the moments in that game, and the, the way he is. Like, there's a lot of times where Kratos actually solves things by just talking. Yeah, which is unusual. Yeah, well, consider the character in, like, the, the original God of War trilogy where he solved nothing by talking. He shouted and just ripped things' heads off and limbs off. And, I mean, like, it, it, there it's is all... a great, great moment with another character where he's just like, so, what do you want to do now? Yeah. Uh, have you have, you know that meme of the of, from Avengers Endgame where it's uh, you know Banner Hulk sort of looking on embarrassed as yeah. you know raging Green Hulk jumps up and down yeah. on a car. I kind <laughs> of get that vibe from Kratos in, in yeah. God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, there, there's so many great moments in that game. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, if I again we're trying to keep this light, so I will you know there's obviously yeah. that in the world. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rio. Uh, I'm- I'm going to go with uh, Tony Gilroy as the uh, as the um, uh, creator of uh, Andor for actually making me give a shit about Star Wars again. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Choice. Yep. Since, since we're keeping it light. <laughs> yeah. Hodge. Checking the name of the dude. Always get it wrong. Okay. This this is this is going to be me take a little bit of explaining. Okay. Bear with me. So my year of year is. You know, like when you're when you're at work and you're like a bit like either downtrodden by it or a bit like, oh, fuck's sake. You, you know, you get that person who makes you go, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And you just like don't want to be at work anymore. But one, one, of, the, one of the coping mechanisms I've, I've got used to doing that at work is I will bring up bring up Disney Plus in a window. And we did it for New Year's Day a bit. And I will just sit and watch an episode of Bluey because it is so cheery and so lovely. <laughs> And it wipes all the terribleness away. So I'm giving Joe Brum here of year for creating such a lovely program that can be enjoyed by adults and children alike. I'm I'm starting to be very concerned that there might be like hypnotic suggestion or some shit in Bluey, because I have never met a human being who has anything but a positive opinion of it. And now I'm frightened because that ain't right. I'm wondering whether I should whether I should watch it then, or, or just to see what it's like, or should I just say no? It's I mean, like, uh, a, like like a gateway drug. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this happened with Hey Dougie, uh, with me as well. Like I I am a childless forty year old man. I do not have space in my life for dog based children's programming. <laughs> so give, okay, right. I would say to you, right, give um, watch series two, Sleepy Time, a watch just to see the quality of the animation. They, they, I mean, this is an easy one. So he says they approach each episode as like a mini, as like a short film, and that episode shows you what he means. Fair enough. But boo to Disney Plus for um, editing and hiding and not airing certain episodes. So um, I, I think it's going to fall to me then to say that my hero of the year, um, we're going to go on the heavy side now, is obviously uh, Zelensky. Yay! Yay! Because yeah. you know, when 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 you sort of look at our cavalcade of shitbags that we currently have to pick <laughs> oh, from for leaders, yeah. and and then you've got oh, we've got someone who is um, 
who's kind of oh, oh, he got the job through being an actor. Okay, he seems to be doing a very seems to be acting very well. Uh, yeah. You know, um, completely destroying my uh, previous theory of don't vote for people off the telly. Um, which I oh, it's normally a good rule. Up on that about the last year when you kept saying that. Well, because because when it comes to Ed, like because when people vote for Boris Johnson because they've seen him on the telly, or the vote for, for Donald Trump because they've seen him on the telly, it's not gone well. Um, okay. You know, um, so yeah, uh, and to see him basically lead his country, which is it, it sounds like it's something you don't. It's something you don't see very often. No, yeah, actual actual like actual leadership. Yeah, it just doesn't really happen amongst the political class anymore no uh, and he and he's obviously a man with conviction I, like th- this will be used against me in 10 years when we find out he is actually an awful fascist or something so, something will happen yes yeah, something yeah. will happen it'll be like um oh what's uh, Aung San Suu Kyi am I yeah, yeah. saying that right yeah where it's like oh oh yeah she's the great oh, it's like, oh actually no she's awful. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> secret secret vampire yeah that's it <laughs> don't we're not saying he Me. is. We don't want this used in Russian propaganda. <laughs> like, Bully <laughs> Dubday podcast is best podcast. <laughs> Zelensky, secret, secret vampire. Secret vampire. <laughs> See all the Westerners thinking. <laughs> Destroy. <Secret vampire. laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a stark contrast, really. Um, and and just to put it to bed, because we're going to go to the other side now with the villain of the year. Obviously, Vladimir Putin, and we won't say any more, more more about it, and we'll move on because what a cunt. Um, <laughs> has anyone else got a different villain of the year for them? No, that was that was my villain of the year, but yeah. uh, like like you say, we're trying to keep it light a little bit. I mean, anyone feeds twenty thousand of their own guys into the grinder just for for no reason. Yeah, I can give you a lighter here villain of the year. Go on, please do. Yep. Yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery HBO Max. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, I I, I think it's so monumentally, like, disrespectful and shitty to, like, people who have spent, like, years creating something for you, and then one day you just go, oh, I need a bit more money than I've already got, so we'll just delete this from, not just the streaming service, but we'll make sure you can't, like, all the DVDs go into never being produced again. So essentially this thing seems like it never existed because we want a bit more money than we already had and don't want to pay for residuals. I think what an absolute bunch of bastards. Yeah. Because it's like the it's like all the like writers and directors and the actors and stuff I feel sorry for. Because it must just be heartbreaking to like put your like soul into this stuff and then see it wiped out for absolutely no good reason. Yeah. It's like the it's it's the content apocalypse basically. For, for for Warner Brothers. Well, I mean, pe- people have been warning us about this for years, haven't they? With the the whole streaming service and yeah. demand and, and DRM and that sort of thing, they've said, "Oh, well, you know, if it disappears, you'll never get it." Yeah. And we didn't listen. We didn't listen. No, no. People have lost things that they've bought off like Amazon, yeah. which I think is. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you bought a streaming thing from Amazon, some of them you can't get anymore, which I think is disgusting because that's not okay. Because you've yeah, bought that product. Yeah, their licenses I, to distribute the, the, trouble, the trouble is, I bet if you look at the terms of service, it will mm. all be yeah. completely legal above board. Yeah. yeah. Kev, have we got a villain of the year? Yeah, I mean, I was tempted to say Phil Spencer because once he, you know, he has once again released no first party games this year and he's 
match that by spending the entire year trying to buy a major publisher and negging his own company because of it. But if you were an Xbox fan, that would make him the hero of the year. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, he's my hero of the year. And the fact that it's really upset you, Kev, I mean, that's just the cherry on top of it. Every press release is like, well, we're not very good at developing games and like the third best. And It is like, a weird flex. <laughs> only make all these great exclusives. And like, I've been in charge of the company for like eight, like seven or eight years now. And we still can't make first. It's like, Maybe you should concentrate on making first party exclusive rather than buying studios. Like you, you bought all these studios in 2018 and they're still not making games because you are bad at managing your studios. But anyway, villain of the year is uh, I'm going to go with a fictional one again and it's Odin. Can I just quickly go back two seconds just say though, the funniest thing about all of this is watching Sony and Microsoft both pretend to be shitter than they are. Yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. fun. It's, 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 it's but. Call of Duty will die in a ditch. Yeah, that's right. It's it's quite funny of like I find it funny particularly the Xbox thing where we're like we're the only place to play games, but don't 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 really take us on that. We're we're sad little boys and we need help. Please, please let us have Call of Duty. Please, please let us have it. But we're the we're the best place well, to play. <laughs> please, right, you, please let us you have Sony it. and Nintendo fans have got you've only got yourself to blame because you mocked. Uh, the, you mocked Microsoft for years for yep. bringing out no first-party exclusives, and you know they decided to get their checkbook out to show you who the boss was. Yeah, yeah. They got the checkbook <laughs> out. They got the checkbook out and still haven't released any exclusives because I don't know if like Phil Spencer actively hinders development or whatever he's doing because it just seems like mad. Like they bought like six studios in 2018. I don't think any of them released a game yet. I'm pretty sure Phil Spencer's job is basically opening the door to whatever office and going, have you guys got enough monster energy? And them saying yes or no, and then fucking off. Maybe that's the problem. They're just like, they're whacked out monster energy just pissing all the time. Yeah. Have you you got, have you got, you guys need any more monster energy? I can go, I can go, I've got a couple of crates in the car. I'll come, I'll come bring them out. You... I, I think they just sit around a whiteboard which has like a picture of Kev on it and <laughs> say, right, how, how can we annoy this bloke? How do we? How do they we... have another notice, another whiteboard, and on it in big letters is just blinks the cat? <laughs> Question mark. Blinks, yeah. they, they <laughs> Blink, blinks Redux? Question mark. Question mark. They could have got those six videos to release East. <laughs> Each released their own version of Blinks the Cat, and they would have made more first-party games. <laughs> Blinks colon Blunk. Well, I mean, the Blinks, the Blinks verse has got to get started somewhere. I mean, they've got you know maybe ten years worth of content planned out. You know, you've got the origin story. And... Oh, we've, yeah. we've we've got Banjo Kazooie. Should we make a good 3D platform? No, let's make some weird dog shit building game. <laughs> the kids like Minecraft now, not platformers. Make a, make a Minecraft. Oh, bloody Minecraft. Oh, buy a Minecraft. Anyway, 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 I said I said my actual villain uh, is Odin. Yes, phenomenal. He's oh yeah, genuinely as a yeah oh, fictional. It's because he keeps eating all your breakfast cereals, Kev. Odin. Eating it in the morning through the cat flap. <laughs> Changes out of his crow 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 shapes and then starts eating all your cereal. R- Rio's never been here before. This is the point of the episode where Hodge loses his fucking mind for no reason. <laughs> what? Well, I was, I was going to say he's Hodge. Hodge has been you know a, a three out of ten on the trolling of, of you this evening, Matt, compared to <laughs> compared to normal. So yeah, that's right. The greatest villain, of course, was 2022 itself, which can get fucked oh. and put in a big burning bin. 
with 
We've been yeah. waiting long enough, frankly. We're, we're, are we at that point in our dystopia where that happens? Let's hope so. Um, my my personal, um, speaking of dystopia, my personal sort of thing I've just found out about, um, I'm kind of excited for, but a little bit, tri- it's actually a Warhammer Plus thing, is Pariah Nexus, which looks like it could be good. It's... What's it on? It's uh, on Warhammer Plus. It's a Warhammer 40,000 series right. and seems to be about uh, guardsmen and sisters of battle versus uh, Necrons, which... And the animation looks stunning. Um, it looks really, really good. I'm hoping it's like a proper series and not just like, you know, mini shorts and stuff like that, which they do a lot of, to be fair. So yeah. that could be good. Um, yeah, the mini shorts were, were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the oh the hammer and bolter stuff has been pretty yeah mm, fairly yeah. decent yeah um, it's just I, I still struggle to say that whether it's worth the subscription cost for it though so yeah uh, uh, there is a new series of Clarkson's Farm coming out this year as well which if you're a fan of the first series I'm quite <laughs> looking forward to well I can't wait for the bit where he has a woman he doesn't like paraded through the streets it was a bit much <laughs> the comments. <laughs> I'm normally fairly kind of sanguine about people saying unpleasant stuff, but uh, a bit far, I think. It's a bit... It's like, oh, I've gone... Again, people, like, there are people who should, like, go, is this okay? And say, no, this is not okay. Those people did not do their job. No. He shouldn't have said it, but also no one should have allowed it to be printed. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. So with that, I think we're probably going to wrap up the episode. Um, Rio, just want to say it's been lovely to have you on. Um, it's been great being on. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Uh, what we may do, uh, we will have a discussion and see if we again. You're always welcome back on whenever you like. Uh, we might want to keep up maybe with the league when interesting things happen about that, like maybe once a quarter or something. So That's a good idea. maybe yeah. have you on for an update uh, because this year we. This seems like a reasonable. Yeah. So uh, we could do an episode on that, let people know where we are and, and keep them updated. Because I know they're going to be hungry to know now. Last year we kept it all to ourselves. This year it's the competition will be, you know, out there and, and public. Yeah, be dethroned. Will well, Hodge for this last? No, your Elden Lord will remain. I predict this right now. Um, cool. Uh, right, it just kind of remains for me to say I, I've been Matthew Wynn. I've been here with a Rio, with a Kevin Jones, and with a Chris Hodgkinson. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a great new year. We'll see you again very soon with more content. Um, Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, all. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us, please just spread the word and get in touch via Twitter at late underscore pod or email us at twolateupdate at gmail.com. If you'd really like to contribute, you can just buy us a coffee via buymeacoffee.com slash twolateupdate. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.